And he's alive. We're live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. Yeah, I'm the other host, Jake, filling in for a pooly Paul today. Everyone, give him all your sympathy in the chat. <laughs> and hello to all the chat. So, yes, it's just me and Jake, Jakey today, along with Grant. Yes. I've forgotten names. <laughs> Lauren Lauren. How long have I known you? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Lauren and the amazing Peach is with us today. So thank you guys for joining us. And yes, we are minus our leader, which is very sad and very different. Um, But we are going to, we are going to soldier on. He's still here in the background. He can see and hear everything we're all saying. Always watching. So nobody, <laughs> nobody think you're free to insult them in the chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Creepy bastard. <laughs> just <laughs> listening to us and jerking off. Definitely. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about British comedies. And we've all picked, hopefully, five. I was running around doing it last minute today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you. You but, are um, an absolute else. trooper. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fine. I, I know what I like. I can always fill out a top five. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's the, the bonus of it all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you say we just uh, get into it then? Why don't we? Um, I'll do the, dis- the disclaimer. Because yeah, obviously go we're going to have some opinions today. So everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and it's our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun. Keep it kind. and Keep the toxic behavior out of nerdism. Yeah. Thank nice you. One. <laughs> I think. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I think since... I'm a host today. I should get to pick who goes first. <laughs> <gasps> Look at him. He's he's getting an inch of power and he's going to take it. <laughs> it's my only chance. <laughs> Will you take this away from me? <laughs> I think Sammy going. should go first. That's, that's Ooh, my pick. <laughs> thanks. Oh, I'll go first. And I'm going to get the one out the way with that I feel could be on some people's lists. Um, this is a sitcom comedy that was out in 1989. It fits well into our realms of nerdism. It is the marvellous and wonderful Spaced. Who's got it? Me! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I knew there'd be some more up today. Nerds at a certain age. This one I thought I'd get out of the way with because I had a funny, sneaky feeling that someone else would have it. So we all have a joint first, ladies. So who wants to go first? Because I can talk up a storm with regards to Spaced. Oh, should I take the lead on that one? Go for it, Peaches. You go. go. um, uh, I mean, this was something that I watched when it first came out and it was like just instantly addictive to me. Uh Um, You know... It's kind of like I would say it was um, a show for nerds made by nerds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the best way I can describe it, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was like um, all the the pop and nerd culture that's actually in the show itself. You know, these days it's almost a given that you get like Easter eggs or references here, there, and everywhere. Um, but back in 1999, it wasn't as popular. It wasn't as a commonplace. And I think yeah. Space really dived straight into that and like 
just every episode like, is a reference every episode yeah. has, every episode has <laughs> a reference <laughs> in it um yeah. i didn't fall into this straight away like i didn't fall into it in the late in the late like well 1999 it wasn't until maybe about 10 maybe 11 years ago and it was my husband who got us into it he was mm-hmm. like you are going to lose your mind all of this yeah and I most certainly did. Um, I think my favourite episode, which still to this day gets quoted quite heavily in my house, is the rave episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, you'll hear at some point during my house, and either me or Anthony just go, only for the, and then the other one will finish it off. Hardcore UK raver. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I came to this quite late as well, because it was one of those things that you, you could get for like super cheap on DVD, yeah, like yeah. the box set, because it wasn't very long, was it? Like the whole run of the show? The two series. Yeah, um, so. Two yeah. series, and they they did it. So if you've got the, you know, the special with like the Star Wars, um, the, the set, sorry, with the Star Wars picture at the front, there was a special episode, like a, a bonus of them revisiting the grounds of where they worked and filmed. And it was like kind of years and years later. And they kind of like rounded the whole series up in one very short scene. So there was always the what if with Daisy and Tim. And at the very end, so they're walking down the street where the house is and it's Edgar Wright and Jessica Haynes and Simon Pegg. And they're kind of like, oh, the house and they're talking about it. And then when they walk away, the camera kind of like pans out and then back to the house. And you see Tim and Daisy coming to the front door, carrying a baby. Oh, secret. Secret law. And and Tim Tim says something. And then Daisy shouts, I'll let you call her Leah. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) And closes the door. Kind of like just... Yeah. rounds it all up like we 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 get to know without having it of like a full-on episode of explanation mm-hmm. that yeah. these two ended up together like they should have yeah i think more tv yeah. shows should do that probably yeah the thing it the was... thing i like instantly noticed about space was it was probably like the only show that like showed video games on screen and not yeah. in a stupid mm-hmm. like here's some kids in a background or here's yeah. like the dad in a sitcom being like, die. It was like they actually showed the screen and he was legit, sort of maybe afterwards yeah. playing like, out a scene in like Resident Evil or Tomb Raider. Resident or Evil. Yeah, it was Resident Evil. Evil. It's the it's yeah. the episode with their vulva in it, which is David Williams. <laughs> and if you watched, I think it might have been the Red Dwarf episode, me and Graham were quoting it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Lauren, why, why did this end up on your list as well? Um, I came to it not late late but I remember watching it around my friend's house when it's in secondary school like 2000-2001 I'd go to hers on a Friday after school and I'd stay for like most of the weekend like I called her mom mom kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) mom and toast in the mornings but we'd always like stay up really late and watching stuff and it was the kind of thing that would get repeated at like 11 12 o'clock on channel four yeah it was a channel Channel four program yeah and it was like that and something else that's on my list well, oh. honorary mention on my list because I couldn't just pick five. So, <laughs> so against yeah, the it rules. Was, it was <laughs> as a teenager, it was just who was like nerdy and stuff. I'd be like, oh, this is coming big shop. And ah, you know, it's just like, it was just relatable. Like, it's just like, oh, maybe I can't yeah. like these things when I grow up. Like, it, it was, was the like, kind of thing where, like, at a young age, you might have thought, like, I want to be cool like these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, later okay. on, you realise, well, 
They were having fun, but they really weren't the best role models. Yeah, yeah but they were, <laughs> yeah. they were dysfunctional in the sense that many yeah. adults were, but it was... Yeah, yeah. Not it's saying, like, like, it's a life lesson or anything like that, but <laughs> it was, like, it's a kind of... Well, it's not okay to be a completely dysfunctional adult, but it's, like, yeah. you don't have but to completely give up enough? everything. It's a bit modern. Dysfunctional more... and boring, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit more modern, like a more modern view of how our kind of generation ended yeah. up <laughs> being a bit like, like yeah. I could never relate. This is really com- controversial thing to say, but I never got into like friends or anything. Like I could never yeah. relate. <gasps> I could never relate to them. Job. Even like I'm as a kid, job. I was just like, why are they funny? They're actually horrible people. We <laughs> were too I polite for the yeah. friends. <laughs> it's just like. It's just a bunch of twats, and I'm just like, why is this funny? I just, I could just never get into it. But it's like spaced. It was more refle- reflection of, I could, I could see why it was funny. You know, I could yeah, get and, it. Like, and plenty like British as well. Like, yeah, you know, it's familiar exactly. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and found it just, the... I, I rewatched it recently, like in preparation for this, and it was just kind of like it's. I've I've always said, you know, considering how old I actually am these days, um, <laughs> I've always said I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think space is kind of like a lot on that side of things. It's you're not alone if you don't know what you're yeah. going to do with your life type of thing. Oh, um, God, I'm it's a very realistic still ask that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very realistic idea of like the main characters struggling to actually be a human adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's it not it's a, not played it and it's not played like totally for laughs like you're not mm-hmm. like oh you're not supposed to laugh at him all the time sometimes yeah but like he has like an arc where he like he tries he's not just like yeah. you know a comedy like i feel uh, like village idiot <laughs> it's yeah. it's you're not always laughing at them sometimes you're laughing with them yeah, yeah. yes and absolutely. i think that's a I prefer that kind of humor if that makes sense. Do you use quoted as much as what we do? Because it's not just the ray of bit. If I'm asked this with like a, a biscuit or something, I'll go, I'll have half. Dizzy's <laughs> <laughs> reference to putting half an E. It's like all the Cornetto <laughs> movies, like the two. That's all you're going to get out of them is just The two familiar, aren't they? Like mm-hmm. to like British culture. Like, uh, so the, the quotes stick in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing um, Oregano as Oregano. <laughs> oh is sammy okay <laughs> oh, i'm not no. sure but what a great pick Probably sammy yeah. <laughs> did, did you actually know <laughs> oh yeah you're back you're back, yeah, back, sorry, I'm, back. Yeah. I'm so sorry uh this was the first um time simon Pegg and nick frost worked together Oh, that's Is pretty it? cool. Yeah. This because um before the show, Nick Frost was a waiter, and oh, we just really? kind of said, "Oh, you seem like a canny guy, and would like yeah. uh, fit oh, this." I thought they did something really earlier than that. Like a canny guy, so yeah. This is the first that. time on on film that they've worked together. Definitely. <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, so I didn't know it started that. something very special. I know um Simon Pegg's in oh God, what's it called? It's is it Darth Darth no not Darth Maranga is he is he in that? Oh, he was in, all in everything before um, the space, which one? It might be, he did a sketch show before he was on space, but I don't want to talk about it in case it's on somebody's list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, and I can't think of the name of it. Um, but the this the scene um with Star Wars is always going to be <laughs> something that I will a whole day because it's kind of like what you mentioned earlier about 
not having a certain like it kind of allows you to be whatever age you are to love something and the fact that he's still getting really passionate about phantom menace is like (laughs) (laughs) i've seen you do that in real life (laughs) (laughs) but um that's that actually does uh, link back to what lauren was saying about how in in friends the star wars part is an absolute punchline where you're supposed to laugh at ross like derisively for liking Mm -hmm. star wars and stuff like that Whereas, like, he was, like, speaking to the people like us who were like, oh, yes, Star Wars is cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like Star Wars, too. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good... I'm, I'm pleased I've got that out of the gate because I had yeah. a funny feeling yeah. there was going to be a couple. That was so... a high-scoring one as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you knocked yeah. three off in one go. <laughs> it? It's really random, but the um the way that Tim and Daisy meet as well kind of reminds me a bit of one of me meeting my, one of my closest friends. It's not like an exact or just randomly sitting at the same table in a calf, but we um both went to a gig by ourselves. And oh. this was like 23 years ago, maybe. Uh, both went to a gig by ourselves, happened to start talking and, you know, a gig and a bag of Haribo later, we were planning to go out the following weekend and we still go out like all the time. Nice. Nice. Aww. That's how Nerdy Up North started. <laughs> we all just wandered in <laughs> into a, a chat room. <laughs> yeah, a bag of Haribo. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, I get that um, one. What about 2,000 followers if there was Haribo at the start? Yeah. But, um, we missed a trick. Awesome. That was an awesome pick. I'm going to go Grant now. I'm just going to go top to like left to right. <laughs> <laughs> So I am the top today, am I? Beautiful. Yes. You are. Right next to me, Grant. <laughs> You're not a top, Sammy. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, unsure as to what to pitch first off my list. So I think I might chuck one out there that other people have as well. Um, there's a few of mine that are steeped in nostalgia. Um, and mm-hmm. this one de- definitely represents my humor in the early 90s when I was about 12, 13, 14 from what I regard as the best British comedy double act there's ever been uh, Bottom Oh yes mm-hmm. It's not on my list Not on the list but it was one of me on and offs <laughs> I mean what can we say about British comedy without uttering the name mm-hmm. of Rick Mail he, Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely. he epitomizes absolutely everything that had happened for the last 10 to 15 years before that, regardless of whether it had been stand-up. Um, I don't know if anybody else like is aware of this, but the, the student Rick character from The Young Ones used to be his stand-up routine. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. a lot of yeah. um, material out there. I downloaded it from less than reputable sources once upon a time and got all of his... Um, like appearances on Wogan and you know weird little chat shows and all that kind of stuff but I don't know that like, my introduction to British comedy is probably through bottom as an adult or a, a fledgling adult as well and to see mm. violence and sexual hu- humor <laughs> and all of it thrown out in such an aggressive and you know, almost bordering on nihilistic way of doing it is just <laughs> It encapsulates what it's like to be British and a bit shit. (laughs) Grimy, grimy, grimy. That's all I can think of when I think of Bottom. And it is, I I remember watching it when it came out, because obviously I'm in an age where I was like, oh my God, Rick Mill, it's flash (laughs) hard. But I didn't, 
I didn't stick around like I haven't and I, I don't think I ever have stuck around like I don't, I'm not a hardcore watcher and yeah. um, I think the Christmas special is hilarious and guess how's Paradiso had me in stitches <laughs> that's a multiverse yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a multiverse I, situation <laughs> I genuinely didn't expect it like to like belly laugh at it that's like one because of the I'm... grossest films I've ever seen I think <laughs> I love it <laughs> I have the videotape was... as well the VHS. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know when you were saying you didn't really keep up on it, Sammy. It's another yeah. one where there's not that many episodes, but mm. because I think they're quite long. I think they're on the forty-five minute side usually. Sometimes. Are they? Maybe I might be wrong, but it's like it feels like it was always there for like years and years and years. But I don't know if that just shows like how like varied the comedy was. Like there's mm, yeah. there's like some episodes, there's loads of different acts even where you're like, oh, it's something completely different now. Like the Christmas one starts off with like all the cooking jokes, doesn't it? And then suddenly mm. you're on to like a, <laughs> a parody of the birth of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> gold, Frankenstein gold. and gold. <laughs> 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 it's, it's something I never really watched. Like I don't think I was quite the right age to like, appreciate it but yeah. my dad loved it my dad still watches it when it's repeated and stuff so i'll sit down and watch it with him sometimes i've got like a, but... a vivid well, memory fucking old <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, like i've got a vivid memory of being like a, like a child and watching the one where they're stuck on the ferris wheel i was just and, um... about yeah. to yeah. say the ferris wheel so, but i think i've seen yeah. that more than any, like, yeah, I, like any I, of them i feel like i remember that one right. like mm-hmm. seeing that one on telly when i was like a kid and stuff but like but... during the episode like the picture on the tv was going off so I was keep having to like smack the top of the TV, to, <laughs> and it came back just as like the hand of God shows up to like to, to like save them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one I remember like the most. Is that that episode? Oh, and the camping uh, one as well. The camping oh, one. That's the probably like biscuits. It's probably like <laughs> yeah. perfect television. And it's the kind of thing where, like, Grant, I'm sure you were doing it while you were on your Hadrian's Wall trip, going and be like, I've got a pack of chocolate hobnobs. <laughs> like, all that stuff. Like, look, it's a Womble. <laughs> I actually didn't think to get any of the references in oh, there. No. The, the, the episode that always sticks with me is um, the Gas Man episode <laughs> with um, Brian Glover. And there you go, titan of British fucking cinema, amazing role in Alien 3 and a former professional wrestler. As wow. well, he always played the British tough guy so well, and I, was he, his name's Mister Rottweiler or something saying like that. It's like some... the side characters always had great names that just yeah. showed up for like one episode. <laughs> yeah, they've got to sneak into his room while they're having sex and everything, and it's all just so <laughs> fucking disgusting. Quite and frankly. again, that one has like like acts like because obviously the first part is them like it's solitaire from the guy at the ceiling <laughs> and all that stuff <laughs> i forgot about that bit. Yes, it is. <laughs> so yeah grant um, are you would you also be interested in a, a small photograph of sue carpenter absolutely <laughs> mate 100 <laughs> percent. give me that magnifying glass and let me go right. i will wank myself dry this <laughs> has it been 10 oh. minutes are we safe from the for the explicit <laughs> i can have a cigarette in between them in that time man. <laughs> but like like you're right about the violence as well and i don't know like i'm i'm guessing you must have had some of the live show tapes as well because those were pretty legendary actually no I've never watched any of the live show stuff. I've oh, okay. seen the TV series. <laughs> I had um I had a best of and like it 
like it's so good because like it's an impressive thing for them to do live like an entire live bottom mm-hmm. episode with sound effects and set changes and everything but then they always have like the sections where they mess up the lines and they're almost better than like the, the actual the written jokes yeah, yeah. so funny when they, go off the, when they go off the beaten track and but then the, it's like they know what the, they know exactly yeah. what they're doing they are they're so, so good, clever yeah. with comedy like they don't it's like almost like they don't need a script no I mean, a lot of that kind of thing is naturally improv. Yeah. Based anyway. <laughs> it's just like, Chemistry. if you trust who you're Chemistry. working with, mm-hmm. you can just bounce off them. And if you know their character and they know your character, you can just like go at each other. Yeah. And it's, I'm yeah. sure they don't, they didn't have any boundaries with each other. I think, I think Grant um, said the best word ever is chemistry. Yeah. Because yeah, them exactly. two are magic together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's so sad he's no longer here for us to yeah. to have any more of what he could bring. Because I no. imagine there's a lot more he had to offer. Yeah, that he was, was genuinely one of the heartbreaking ones for yeah. me that when uh, Rick passed. Mm. He was um he kind of just he, he missed like where the time where he probably would have had more of a voice, like if he'd um been around still, you know, like on like yeah. you know, social media and stuff, we might have got yeah. like a lot more insight. <sighs> into like comedy and stuff yeah. like he but he he always seemed like super nice whenever you saw like back uh like behind the scenes footage but by all accounts like it like absolute like force of nature like you could never tell what he was gonna do <laughs> yeah <laughs> chaos that's yeah. what he was yeah adrian yeah. edmondson always played quite a, a straight laced and stiff character and you always had rick going a yeah. hundred miles an hour around him um, yeah. If I don't want to, again, there might be other picks, but the other things that they did together, it was always a case of Adrian Edmondson was the pole in the middle of the room, and yeah. Rick Mail was almost dancing around him. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's poetry. It really, it's really such is. a good way to yeah. describe their relationship because it yeah. really is. But like um, pole dancing, fucking hell. <laughs> <dancing. laughs> <laughs> Rick Mail and Ed Edmondson are just like pole dancing. Yeah, Rick <laughs> Mail and I'm, I'm sure they would. They would like the analogy, though. Like they would yeah, absolutely would see the so. humor within it. It's <laughs> such a good pick, and one like, that I generally thought would have more. Like I thought there would be more in the room yeah. who would have picked it. But no, never but I, I, I'm guessing that a lot of our stuff is going to have like a lot of crossover actors. Yeah. Because of already... age as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our age is not going to help that. <laughs> it's quite Well, I think like the it, it seems like the UK comedy scene, when you think about it, it's been quite small. And a lot of them mm-hmm. show up in like even movie casts together, even like yeah. not comedy related. But um, yeah. Awesome. Yes, I, did, I absolutely love Bottom. Probably shouldn't have been watching it as a kid, but that just made it even better. <laughs> absolutely um right i'm gonna go now i'm gonna pick go. i'm gonna pick go, go, go. um i'm gonna go for another comedy duo but um a little bit more modern but no less uh widespread influential i'm gonna take us to the world of the mighty boosh my pick <laughs> oh, my pick. not one of yours <laughs> yeah. is that one of my babies is that one of my babies that was a maybe for me <laughs> yeah yeah it's not one of mine but but you you like it you're a fan i watched this so much in uni yeah it's like just crashed off my head watching bush yeah this was like this was one of the shows where i remember there being like word of mouth from like uh my parents friends who was like like what was watching bbc3 he was like Oh, you've got you got to watch this show. You got to watch this new show because, like, we all would have liked, you know, Bottom and Vic and Bob and everything. And um, 
and yeah like i remember sitting down and just being like okay it's gonna be like another comedy duo show one's the silly one one's the straight man type thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. but like i was not prepared for it to be like just like an awesomely low budget but high quality like psychedelic yeah. musical yeah. trip oh, that that it is <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know like it's just it's absolutely it's absolutely my thing like I'm always gonna be a sucker for like like the lame guy and the famous like the funny popular guy combinations of characters together (laughs) absolutely love Howard Moon I just I adore him (laughs) I have such a special place in my heart for Howard Moon he is just he is so lovely (laughs) um they're the only ones who've ever like reference yorkshire and stuff in like stupid <laughs> like the spirit of jazz thing where he's like oh my god the spirit of jazz yorkshire's not a place it's a state of mind and i'm half yorkshire mind. so that spoke to me <laughs> it's um the uh the crimpen the fact that the brock introduced crimpen yeah into the fold that was i think that everyone's was got the spicy yeah. soup thing stuck in yeah. their head oh yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> the crimp off though i thought was great oh okay so so you're actually a fan of like the season three stuff because i kind of like i love season three i, I, I like season three the crack yeah. part of it i did it's enjoy the crimp fate. off but i was more of a season one like yeah. season two. oh season one is just perfection but season yeah. three yeah. has its moments yeah. oh yeah the I think fox. Uh, <laughs> the crack fox. Oh my god! I, I, wait, I, I, was the first time I, <laughs> I was scared of the crack fox. It's horrible. It's it like is gross. With it's his awful. needle fingers. Yeah. Um. I think scary. what one thing is. I think season three got the went a bit more gross out for some reason. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it was always had its yeah. gross moments, but uh, I think yeah. that was what put me off. I was like, all right, there's been a there's been a change in the the production here a little bit i think the... they peaked so soon it's just like mm-hmm. hard to know where to go then yeah the um the first live show was some of the best bit of comedy i yeah. have ever witnessed <laughs> how many um... of us were there in newcastle <laughs> <laughs> how was? um it was the the jean-paul jacques even the, <laughs> don't know Jacobin? why people... <laughs> His... Graham said that to us at Nerdfest. He went with his jacket on. I went with his jacket off, and we started to do Chongo Um, but then the second one was so I was like had so like high expectations because of how amazing the first one was. But the second one was so bad. This their um, second live show. Oh, the second season. Sorry, not the second oh, live God, show. Oh God, no, no, no. <laughs> the second, no, no, not the shows, but the actual live show. The second one was terrible. It was yeah. more more of the music side. And well, less of the funny. Okay. Well, like you know, when Grant was talking about uh, old Rick Mail standoff, um, Howard Moon used to be his stand-up character as well. Julian Barrett, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and he the the clip I saw it was probably from like the behind the scenes on like the Boosh DVDs or whatever. But he was absolutely bombing on stage. So like like nobody got it. It was obviously like a little bit too early to be like bringing out to yeah. the people, or he needed the double act sort of. Uh, dimension to go with it but it's interesting that people have like trialed characters in stand-up and sometimes you'd think they would have gave it up after getting like such a bad reaction but okay uh, we're happy he they pers- didn't <laughs> he persevered he persevered yeah. with that one um what was i gonna, i was gonna say something about howard moon we're gonna talk about old greg, <laughs> <laughs> greg. how can we not talk about old greg the hitch the hitch 
That's it. Eels, eels, yes. <laughs> and the Milky Jaw episode. Yeah. Wow. That's, that was a yeah. fantastic. That was one of the best episodes. I'm yeah, quite like the stag do, um, because I'm <laughs> this wasted. Is an I'm just a <laughs> Tony Harrison. <laughs> oh my god, Tony is one of my most quoted yeah. characters. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that is so funny that he's got oh, like, and... is it the Richard Ayoade character? Yes. He's and like, oh, you know, think of the crunch. He's like, oh my god, I have to assemble crunch. this Kinder egg wherever we go. <laughs> and he's like, I have a little skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, <laughs> like honestly, who would think like like the amount of times they've gotten amazing jokes out of let's just put a head in somewhere silly yeah. and yeah. makeup or just put like whipped cream all over yeah. them and now it's the moon that talks every episode for no reason. <laughs> it's when just you it's, are the moon. The moon. <laughs> it's just so brilliant and so psychedelic, and it is just yeah. an absolute trip of a watch. And mm-hmm. I guess it is very much aimed at our age group because yeah. yes. my dad is such a massive fan of British comedy, and he just does not get this. <laughs> so, yeah. This is just not his his thing. But That's hey, definitely like something yeah. about comedy where you're like. I shouldn't be watching this, but it's made for me. <laughs> like, yeah. like at the same yes, time. like I really <laughs> felt like this was this was my my show. And again, it was my husband who got us into it. It was probably around the same time as Space, more like. Yeah, likely. that was another good box set because you had like six episodes each or something. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I just perfect to night of binge we, watching. We'd watch just to fall during... asleep too. On a bulky old laptops back in uni just in the <laughs> halls drag it this is like before like proper wi-fi we'd have like our land oh, yeah. cables and just like drag them out into the hall and just like watch <laughs> on our mattresses and everything so yeah like, i did that find and that. another show but might be on other people's lists we yeah. gotta be so careful yeah. with this one don't we <laughs> i did I, I did find that it had like a second life in sort of like that like in my mm. uni time i don't know if it was just because you met like a new group of friends and then somebody goes like soup super spicy soup and then everyone's like <laughs> yes um but yeah it's definitely one of those ones it's um i mean we haven't like hit the topic yet but it's one of those ones that's got a lot of uh stuff that wouldn't fly these days like a lot yeah. of mm, a lot yeah. of blackface a lot yeah. of like kind of i suppose that's it really but they've done that a lot of times <laughs> and they've never really addressed it which is they've never they've never sort of said sorry which is like a whole big debate in comedy like mm-hmm. is anything outside of the realms of a joke and it's like well, I think you just got to read the room sometimes on that yeah. one. Would yeah. you not say that the bush did read the room for the time, though? You know what I mean? It was That's fine. Nobody came out. Nobody, nobody even took yeah. the connotation as being offensive. No. You know what I mean? It wasn't. I'm assuming we're going with the spirit of jazz here, and it and Rudy, know, yeah, yeah. You know, it Rudy. wasn't. It wasn't even done as a a parody. You know what I mean? None of that yeah. was necessarily caught to the humor. Other than mm-hmm. the fact that a character needed to be played, um, yeah. Don't, don't get me started yeah. on fucking writers' ethics, man. No, no, it's just you're right. You're absolutely right, Grant. Yeah. Like at the time, nobody batted an eye, but it's just one of those things where when you watch it back, and it's odd to see it happen in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like you watch it back, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> totally forgot about this angle. Um, but there's loads of stuff like that because, like, obviously there was just loads of phobic comedy back in like the 2000s that by today's standards you'd be like I don't think people would write that now yeah (laughs) and and to be honest not even just the 2000s I know some of the stuff that I've chosen does have things like that in it but same 
it was it was of the time and it's a sign um, it's it's of the yeah exactly the thing it's always is, a shock like i was watching big bang the other day and they make like transphobic jokes constantly uh-huh. and i'm like oh this was they really wanting to like you know beat this we, dead horse yeah, apparently yeah look at, <laughs> look at friends the amount of um homophobic yeah. jokes that they made it's yeah it is but yeah. it was it was the comedy of the time unfortunately that's how Definitely. things were and you can't rewrite them and no no, no. You've just I got to it, learn from them. It's just, it's history. Yeah. You just learn That's from it. it. It's <laughs> history and you learn from it. Exactly. It happened. It's not okay now, but it's important to acknowledge like the journey. Yeah. It's kind of like keeping a track of how far we're coming through that though, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. And, and you don't have to attach your identity to it. You didn't write the jokes. No. You just laughed at it once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I'll we'll, I'll continue moving across my screen. So Lauren, you're up next. Um, going on to slightly inappropriately aged shows, <laughs> I'm going to go with the League of Gentlemen. Oh, nice. Bogger. Do <laughs> sorry, I, I, do, yours. I yeah. have it on authority that that was on Paul's list as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've got to say, I wasn't a fan of League of Gentlemen. Oh, I loved you know. it. I, loved I wasn't it. a fan of it. Um, Me neither. Beach, I'm with you. One of the few things that me and my big sister kind of both liked, she introduced it to me. I must have been like in year eight in school when she started showing this to me and far too young for it. But I don't know. It's just I I quite enjoyed that insanity. I enjoyed the Hi. crazy because I grew up in quite, before I moved to the big city, I lived in a very small place. Oh no. <laughs> and so it's very relatable. So it's very relatable, like the local shop, the local people. And I, d- I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, there's certain things that yeah, are not okay now to laugh at about it. But well, you oh, still laugh. Yeah. But is it yeah. that um, Papa Lazaru? Yeah, Papa Lazaru. He's terrifying. Absolutely. Yeah. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> He's the one with Hello the woman there. with the pig nose, wasn't it? No, 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 that's Tubbs and Edward. Yes. So that, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, because I'm just that in yeah. chat, I do have memories of being at school with Kelly. Um, <laughs> we used to be in the opera, uh, opera group together. Hi, Kelly. And <laughs> I've got a picture of her well, doing this, know this. <laughs> in, full, yeah. in full outfit. Yeah, apparently that was like sellotape sometimes, yes, like depending like on depending on how close up the shot was. <laughs> but he, so yeah, there was Papa Lazaru, um, Bar- Barbara, the um, transgender Babs, cab driver, yeah. who it's a very hard way to learn how to take it because obviously most people are calling her she in the show, but there's mm-hmm. still like obviously the whole, you know. Like the, know, the voice yeah. For, yeah the the voice yeah. and the hair and but um you know what though when when you look back i think they were like writing it i think they were trying to be modern because the way they yeah. write it is very matter of fact like yeah they're just talking about the transition process but it is played for jokes because obviously mm-hmm. it's talking in graphic detail about the operation <laughs> when you think <laughs> and about Dr. it Chinnery comes yeah along. it's just it's being real about yeah. it and and like Grant was saying with the the Papalazaru thing, like, like, I mean, yes, it was definitely like appropriate in a couple of cultures, but they weren't doing like outwardly racist jokes. No, 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 but no. It's yeah, it's weird. It's and like very... you know that, and that became Halloween cosplay 
mm-hmm. years and years after, which is even weirder <laughs> when you think about it. Brent, did you just have yeah. your hand up? <laughs> to, a, to a degree. Yes, I just wanted to chime in on what Jake's saying because I think it's very, very important in the way that League of Gentlemen portrays the humour. That yeah. This was on my yeah. list. Um, and I think I was lucky in the fact that I encountered season three of Legal, League of Gentlemen first and then oh, working right. way back. I don't know if anybody's Oof. noticed this or if Lauren's noticed it, but the reason why that's important is because the first two seasons of League of Gentlemen have a laugh track on them. Yes, they do. And oh, season right. three of League of Gentlemen doesn't. You've mm-hmm. just got it in this brutal, visceral kind of going back almost to the way bottom is everything's dirty everything's yeah. a little bit grimy yeah it can get away with addressing elements in a grimy way mm-hmm. if you know what i mean because they, they drop the humor down to a dark level they have to drop the humor for everything down to a darker level and i to me, it helped me get League of Gentlemen a little bit more. I don't think yeah. I would have liked it if I watched it from season one and had that fucking canned laughter thing going mm. off in my ear the entire time. But I almost learned mm-hmm. to shut it out working backwards and saw just how kind of to the bone mm-hmm. it wanted to be. It, it never pulled its punches with anything that it addressed. It always went in completely yeah. headlong. Sorry, I'm ra- I'm rambling. No, here. it's fine. Rambling. <laughs> yeah. This is I your pick too. Like interesting factoid. Um, yeah. Somebody who taught me at university taught the guys at a previous university. Like he moved. Like when he's a teacher, he moved teaching around different universities. We actually taught them mm. at their uni. So they were always nice. like that. Apparently, so he <laughs> well, always scary. <laughs> and he always roll his eyes when the subject would turn up. It's like I'm talking about this, like. All three of them have such different styles, though, because like Mark yeah. Gatiss is very much horror centric. Um, Stephen, what's his face, is like comedy chuckles. Yeah. yeah. And Reese is just fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's scary. Something, in a different way. Terrifying about Reese. Um, I, I really like it from like a, because I've got a slight bias having like a degree in theatre. So I like, I find yeah. it fascinating from the technical point of view. Mm-hmm. And oh, like absolutely. the process they go must go through to work on it and to combine all three, it's two pegs. Um, yeah, Lauren, have you? I'm guessing you must have checked out some inside number nine as well. Yes, sorry I if love I'm inside number sorry nine. Sorry if I'm sniping anyone's pick. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but um, they do an amazing episode. I think it was maybe a season or two back where they play to an old comedy duo who kind of gets mm-hmm. back together and yeah. sammy as you were saying steve pemmelton plays like the pemmelton like the oh i've got me props and everything you know like oh mm-hmm. yuck, yuck, yeah. yuck. and like when yeah. reese is like uh, you know i'm a i'm a businessman now i work <laughs> in accounts we can't be doing this stupid thing but they do like a part where they do like a perfect sketch like they argue throughout the whole episode and then there's like one moment where they like just drop back into their old sort of characters and they play out this like sketched it's as if they're practicing for a, a, a comeback show or a charity thing um but it's an awesome episode and it's it's really them diving into like their own possible future or mm-hmm. stuff they've maybe already experienced or learned from other comedy duos like i really like when you can tell people have like thought a lot when they're yeah. like actually writing yeah. a comedy <laughs> but you're right though it's like league of gentlemen's like equal parts horror at the same yeah, time absolutely. like oh, the special absolutely. needs <laughs> the christmas the christmas special is yeah <laughs> with like because 
you almost do kind of believe like they bring the supernatural elements in, but you completely kind of believe it because yeah. it is so bizarre. It's like, you know, the Weisberg vampires, it's like a course. You don't know. Like that, that's the kind of thing they always played it like it might the this stuff is real or are the characters just yeah. messing with everybody <laughs> including the actors and us mm-hmm. like that was the it was always that like uncanny like you don't know how serious the, the yeah. horrible people are <laughs> about what they're and about to do <laughs> when they did they did like the newer episodes recently where they were kind of revisited cam like characters yeah. and um jeff and is it jeff brian brian not brian Oh my god! Why am I getting the character mixed <laughs> up? But the married couple, the married couple who are always yeah. arguing, yeah, and they've broken up, but they're still arguing. Oh, Reese is so good in that role. See, <laughs> you can see how upset they are in their new like partnerships because yeah. obviously, what's his face? He came out in the third in the third season. He's the one who was giving the hand jobs in the salon. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's just like he fell in love with Tony, and he bought the wig and everything. But Tony, would never get... in a million years did I think Lauren oh. would see a hand job on the podcast. <laughs> Why not? We got Why there, not? folks. Oh, Grant as well. I'm sure you love the. I'm sure you love the creme brulee guy. I'm sure you've met a few creme brulee guys that work at the pub and everything. I have met dozens and dozens of creme brulee guys, mate. It's difficult for me to choose a favorite character when it comes to League of Gentlemen because yeah. they're all. I don't think it's obviously with the exception of local shop for local people because British comedy is steeped in its taglines. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, there's always 100%. that one that comes out, but I think every character has the moment that is truly diabolical. Actually, I'll tell you yeah. what my favorite bit was. My favorite bit out of League of Gentlemen is the bit with um, Pauline after she's <laughs> been fired, and it, it's just you get that quick snip to Ross banging her over the sofa <laughs> and it's just fucking him lying there like that it's just so it just punches you in the face Yeah, you know, that whole Pauline's pens yeah. thing is just yeah. legendary <laughs> <laughs> that's it every once in a while they just go boom and show you yeah. something diabolical like yeah. truly like you said they've got the mix of horror in there yeah. Something truly horrifying and comedy needs that. And I think so that's well. why I liked yeah. it as a kid because I was a morbid little shit. So <laughs> it, it really, even though, like, obviously, I do agree that season three kind of encapsulates it's evolved into a better kind of darkness, a better kind of comedy darkness, whereas season one and two, I get what you mean, but being a little kid watching that, just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I you know, I think like... it just takes the edge off a bit, yeah. like to give yeah. you, like to you give you some, it. like a little bit of a breather. That you've got that laughter in the background because mm-hmm. it can have, like be very dark. And um, I'm really shocked that this isn't in my league. Um, for the <laughs> fact that I, <laughs> I love dark elements of comedy. I love dark elements of life, basically. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that I just, I never got it. Yeah, I really yeah. didn't. I, I never, I never got it myself. I mean, obviously, I knew the the famous lines and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah, no, like, I, 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 just, I, I just I'd seen a few it. episodes, but it's, just it's, to be like a yeah, hardcore like, fan, no. Like we're saying, it like it's horrifying to look at, but mm-hmm. you know, if you in if you get in the right mood, uh, yeah. It. I just think it's it reminds me too much where I lived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I probably wouldn't watch it if I like did live in a small country town. Maybe that would be yeah. too real. Like, <laughs> I mean... like a little village that literally yeah. has local traffic yeah. written in and a big massive uh, the butcher. Yeah, just be careful <laughs> you get from the butcher shop. Yeah. <laughs> 
What do you think the special <laughs> stuff is? What is the know. special stuff? I'd eat it. I know I'd eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd eat it. Yeah, love honesty. Do you know what? I probably would as well. Like, <laughs> have, you have to have it, you know. The <laughs> problem is, away. you don't know if you're eating it or not because, you know, it got infected into the food supply. Everybody just ended up with it. Yeah. But I'm glad they never really revealed it because that's like yeah. a thing that, like, oh, you know, yeah. It's funnier yeah. not knowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, just wanna clear, <laughs> I just want to clear something up before we go any further. I missed a go, Paul, because I picked the Mighty Boosh as well. He was like, it's back to me. And I'm like, no, it's not. I missed a oh, go. Oh, we're playing, we're playing fast and loose with the, uh, the, the, the number picking here. But um, Peaches, I believe that takes us to you. Oh, <laughs> right. I've still got three on my list that I think have high likelihoods of being on other people's lists. So oh, I'm exciting. just going to start with the one that I can talk the most about. Um, Now, I know my, my pick isn't for everybody because I've heard people in the podcast before saying that they didn't like it as much as what I'm going to say I did. But, oh, there's um, someone who watches us. I forget that. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine was first broadcast in 1969. Um, 1969 okay. and I believe is one of the biggest influences on British comedy Um, I'm probably going to give it away but it's a group they made movies, TVs you know, oh, stage okay. shows yeah. um, I quote it so so much <laughs> um, and you know it even influenced one of my ear levels nice Um. I mean, the the giveaway for me now is, if you haven't got it, I took philosophy for my ear level and I had a copy of a certain song on the front of my philosophy folder, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bruce's Philosopher's Song. It is Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yeah, I knew it was, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, ter- I'm terrible <laughs> and I haven't seen much of it at all no, <laughs> apart neither. from what i've absorbed from like parody. <laughs> yeah i've seen like a film or two but i'm just it i don't know i don't know why this passed me by maybe yeah. i'll get it in a few years time <laughs> when i'm a bit older <laughs> yeah, yeah, pe- yeah like peaches when did you when did you watch it like as a child like or was it sort of something uh, you found it later? was probably about teenager i was probably yeah. about 13 14 when i watched it for the first and the joke still hit for you <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. Most of them. I would say there's probably a lot more that I understood when I was like further into my twenties. Yeah. Um on one of my rewatches. But I mean, at the time it's um I mean, one of my favorite books is Graham Chapman's autobiography. I will sit and I will read this book when I want a break from reading. Who's Graham <laughs> Chapman again? Is the, the one He's who the one passed who, away. He, he passed away. Well uh, Terry Jones has also passed away since, but Graham Chapman was um was the gay member and um he passed away in I think it was it was nineteen eighty nine possibly. I watched so his it was memorial about them, service. About that time. Yeah, I watched his John memorial Cleese, service recently. John Cleese wanted to claim to be the first person to say a fucking an apple in a in a funeral. Yeah. They didn't go to his actual funeral because they didn't want to draw attention away from yeah. him. They wanted to kind of it was it was about his family and his friends enjoying yes. his life and and celebrating his life. And then they did a memorial service, and it is some of the funniest fucking comedy I have yeah. ever for a memorial service. For a memorial, like, they it's, went it's, fucking hard. It's unreal. <laughs> um, it's um, I mean, 
I have got a, I will show it before I finish talking about it, but I have got a really random piece of memorabilia sitting next to me on the Monty Python subject. Interesting. But, I mean, it's, um... it's the foot. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a group of us when we were teenagers who had, who absolutely adored Monty Python. And, you know, we would spend a lot of the time in the schoolyard just shouting sketches at each other um, and stuff like that. Um I've I've had the the luck to actually meet Michael Palin and, and Terry Jones as well. So I've got a few autographs and I'm kind of like, and um, <laughs> randomly Michael Palin was signing books in Otakas in Sunderland. Nice. <laughs> that tells you how long ago. Yeah. Otakas. Yeah. Was Otakas. Woof. Um, and um, my friend was her her favorite was Michael Palin. She absolutely adored the man. And we had to arrange it one time that she went through the queue to get autographs first. And then somebody else went through it and basically dragged her out the store while she was still talking to him. So I could get him to sign a birthday card for her. Oh, nice. You had to <laughs> <And> do, <laughs> yeah. do a scheme. <laughs> so it was a scheme, but like, you know, to see her face when she opened it was was brilliant. But anyway, yes, back on subject. I mean, if you think about it, Monty Python, without the people on Monty Python, we wouldn't have Fish Called Wanda. We wouldn't have Faulty Towers. You know, there's loads that we wouldn't have. I mean, there's comedians as well. They've all gone back and said, oh, Monty Python was a big influence. People like Eddie Izzard and things like that, they've all come out and said, you know, they had a massive influence on me. Well, um, so surprising given that when it comes to comedy, they don't. There's not a lot to really work from. Like we do have like mm-hmm. the like of Morgan and Wise and then uh, the two Ronnies. But when it comes down to serious, like hard written comedy sketches, mm. there's not really a lot to base it off. Like Python was or the Pythons were the forefront of mm-hmm. that kind of comedy sketch show like they elevated what you would get from the likes of the two runnies because like yeah. let's be honest two runnies absolutely hilarious i still find their jokes so funny um but i just feel like the, the pythons just elevated that humor yeah but like paul said in the in the chat it's too grown up and I don't get it. <laughs> I totally agree with Paul. It's very grown-up humor. It probably was like the kind of thing where, like, I mean, a lot of the comedy shows we have enjoyed are also from like university educated people, like even like bottom and stuff. Like, like they're not like scratching the way up from like Sunderland, like uh <laughs> like we're trying to do. But um it, it probably was that thing where they were like, Oh yes, we've been to like, you know, like we're gonna come in with a professional attitude to this hilarious stuff and it's obviously took them to a level that got them like massively noticed. I think like I remember hearing that even like the South Park crew were like heavily influenced by like Python when they were growing up. Yeah. So like Imagine. there's yeah. loads of like there's just like a like butterfly effect where we might not have anything in the form it is yeah. Uh, yeah. without that kind of coming out. But it's interesting how American nerds love it. I don't yeah. know how much of it translates. <laughs> but, <laughs> a I lot mean, of that them was it as it. well, because even if you're not a fan of it, you can't tell me you don't know, like nobody knows the, uh, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition or the the dead parrot sketch or something like that. Or, I do, you know, but I just spam, don't get spam, it. Spam, spam. <laughs> no, that's fine, but the point is that you've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. I just don't yeah. get the joke. <laughs> Someone needs to explain it to <laughs> us. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I've, um, 
I once I once made a sketch like um like the in between bits that Terry Gilliam used to animate. Mm-hmm. I I got an idea for that, and I've I've done a Terry Gilliam style animation once. Nice. Um, it didn't get made, but like I had the 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 boards all drew out and stuff like yeah. that. Um, anything, uh, anything. I think any like comedy that inspires you to like create something yourself is a massive mm-hmm. success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. yeah. If I may, I think what something that's just dawned on me there with in relation to the dead parrot sketch, there's something about British comedy and the way that it's delivered. Because Sammy said just before that she adores the four Ronnies. And the dead parrot sketch and the four candles sketch <laughs> are basically the same joke. Yeah. And it says a lot yeah. about how did I don't get I get the four candles one and not and it's the two runnies. <laughs> did I say four runnies? Sorry. Four tops. I, I wonder why you did that. Yeah, four four tops, tops, two runnies. Um, yeah, I think it says something about like people's taste in comedy and the way that it's delivered because they, wow. those two jokes are essentially delivered in mm-hmm. exactly the same way with almost exactly the same timing and intonation between the two people in the sketch. The only difference being the two people that are delivering it. I get the four candles joke. Now I feel like I'm getting the dead parrot joke. I mean, this is where we this is where we get into like that. There's a science behind comedy. It's fucking meta. reason things. Are funny. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. I mean, being silly kind of is not is. as easy. Oh, there definitely is. Yeah, like t- yeah. timing, tone, pronunciation, like yeah, enunciation, everything. It's just like, like people think it's easy, but oh, like no, it takes a lot of writing and planning to make a silly sketch. As somebody <laughs> yeah. who has acted on stage, comedy is yeah. way harder than being serious and dramatic because yeah. see, I can do serious and dramatic. That's what yeah. I did in college. I did A level drama, yeah. and yeah, I um, and you've seen everyone's I... memorial service. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I really have. That could be a whole a whole other podcast in itself. Sammy um, memorial <laughs> services. Pretty much. I'd do it. Um but no, I'm very dramatic. I couldn't I could never do comedy. I'm mm-hmm. I think I'm funny, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh at myself. I can sometimes be funny though. That's another part of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An intentionality. I, I, yeah. I always got told you should never laugh at your own jokes. I laugh at everything. If I come out with a really good funny, I am wetting myself. Oh, you should. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. If you're not cracking yourself up, what are you doing yeah. it for? <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, so good. But Sammy, <laughs> yes. that that takes us. Oh, but yes, sorry. Peaches. Sorry. Oh, do you want to? You want a final say? Oh, oh. <laughs> the prop. <laughs> I have a very special edition of a spam can with stinky French garlic uh, with the Monty Python people on it. It's (laughs) actually made in Denmark with Chinese garlic. Wickedly smelly spam a lot. Collector's edition, yes. Released for the... um, For uh, the release of spam a lot. I hope it doesn't explode one day. (laughs) Um, Did you eat it? Or is it still in there? Oh, you've been told to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. No, this is not getting opened. <laughs> but oh. the sell-by date, the best before end date, is um, November 2010. That is how long I've had oh. this tin. Oh. And we know that well, spam lasts forever. If the, if the zombie apocalypse happens, <laughs> you might. <laughs> it's going to be like a kind of stromavig or whatever I am that fish thing is it. that explodes. <laughs> this is one of my most random and prized possessions. 
Now be careful, we run a live streaming service. How much would somebody have to pay you, an audience say, to eat from the Spamalot cash? Come on, If we could find you a second can, would you eat it? Lick the spam can. I'll lick the can. <laughs> you can't say that on television. Ah, she <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, so yeah, just for amazing. you, goodwill. More props on this show, I. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sammy, should, should we Is run it, it run it back? Me? It can Is be it yes, if you'd like oh, it to be. <laughs> but hasn't is Lauren not? I, I'm yeah, so confused by I the went running order. Gentlemen. Oh, League of Gentlemen, me. What don't are think, you? Have don't you think too much about it, Sammy. Okay. <laughs> we'll Just get there. It and we'll see who's who's left. Who's got what left at the end? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some Absolute left fine. chaos. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with something that's. I I don't know if people have this on the list, but I'm I'm sure I'll have a reaction of. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> is from 1981. It is one of the the comedies that brings my family together. Um. <laughs> It's so massive in my house um, growing up. So, yeah, I'm just going to blurt it out. I really find it hard these days to introduce mm-hmm. my picks. It's okay. Especially when you use the like It's It's only and horses. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you plonker, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy to intro. <laughs> I know. Um, Has that knocked anyone else's off the list? Anyone else? Ah, nope. I had sorry. a lot of people in my family tell me it should be on my list. Yeah, and I think I my father it, would... it is not one uh, of yeah. my favorites. Thanks. Yeah, I think my I... father would have killed me if I didn't have this. <laughs> oh, would call me an absolute bullshitter for not <laughs> having it on my list. Now, it'd call, you call your plonker. Call your plonker, Rodney. It's called as worse. A plonker, um, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Um, it's it. It's be. I cannot remember a time that this has not been in my house. We've had it on VHS. We've had it on DVD. It, if I need to just put something on in the background just to hear familiar voices, this is something that I will put on. Again, it is one of those programs that is it not aged well with time. However, some of the jokes still land. They're still incredibly funny. Um, I do actually have a bit of a stupid story that goes with only fills and horses. There is... We found the episode of what it is, um, but when my mum was in labour with me, my dad was watching this episode, and obviously it is the it is eighty three, it is the July of eighty three, um, and there's no reruns, there's no like recording or anything like that. You like nope. you literally just have to watch it, um, and he told my mum that they couldn't go to the hospital until the episode had finished, so she just. <laughs> To oh, help her with her contractions, she went because my mum rode motorbikes, and she just went and sat on her motorbike and <laughs> waited for waited for time to pass. And <laughs> uh, we found the episode because on the VHSs of only it actually tells you the original airtime. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So we found the episode, and I generally live the life of us can't remember what it is. Did your mum um, just frown at your dad throughout the entire rewatch? <laughs> pretty much. Honestly, I think Rodney was on the table of names. I'm actually named after Sam from Cheers. Um, okay. That's where my name comes from. My mum wanted to give me and my sister, um, who actually was meant to be my brother, because that's what she thought she was having. Um, <laughs> we, she wanted us to have names that were universal. So I could be yeah. a, 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 like male or female names. The one she wanted was to have Michaela is basically Michael with an E on the end. Um. So yeah, she wanted the same for me. So I'm named after Sam from Cheers, but I came so close to being a Rodney if I was a boy. 
<laughs> so like alternate universe, you yeah. is Rodney. Rodney, Rodney. <laughs> the Rodney podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, Only Fools is a, a, a weird one for me because I think it's like it was my grandparents definitely liked it, but my parents grew up in or like were formative age in the 70s and 80s when like counterculture was coming in with the comedy. So it wasn't anything that was on in my house, probably just because my parents were rebelling. But um, I've definitely seen episodes with my grandparents. And obviously, if you want to bring it back into Nodian Comics, there's a really famous Batman and Robin yeah. episode, <laughs> Batman and Robin scene. which I have never seen my grandmother laugh as much as she was <laughs> at that episode. When that episode. Coming out of a mist in their costumes. I think, I think that whole, that whole trilogy... For that scene, for that ending, which should have been the ending, but well, yeah, I can get over that. Um, yeah. that let them last three episodes. I don't think, I don't think comedy has been written as good as that until that point. Like it was so fucking funny. All three of them episodes had some just brilliant, um, markings. The Batman scene itself is flawless. Yeah, like absolutely flawless. Even down to the Rodney going. The hell, let's go and like proper slap in his hand. It's just, <laughs> it is just absolutely flawless. It's um, one of those someone... perfectly set up jokes that you kind of in the back of your head you know is coming probably yeah. if you when you watched it first time. But the setup is like so good that like, it's just you're happy when it happens. <laughs> it's such a good payoff. But the, the thing is, only feels it's it's not just all about the laughs. There is a lot of heart in there. There is um yeah. Oh, yeah. the obviously the, at the beginning you've got Rodney, Grandar, and Dell, and we lose Grandar, and they did it so seamlessly. He kind of like he was he was ill. Like they kind of give you indications that he was ill, but in actual fact, it was a scam for them just to be able to get <laughs> a house. Um, but he really was poorly. Yeah, and you'll notice episodes where he's just not there, and it's like, oh, is he granddad? How's he doing? And then he's gone, and they actually address it with a funeral scene mm-hmm. and. Dell just been it's been put on TikTok quite a lot this scene over the last couple of weeks. And yeah. um, Dell going through his day to day or going through the whole um funeral service and the afterwards just being Dell happy go lucky you know he's a he's a card of a lad um always joking and Rodney just says how have you getting over it and he's like I haven't even started to process all of it and it's such a beautifully mm-hmm. written scene from somebody who you just don't see it coming from yeah you yeah. don't see you just think it's gonna be i mean he does start the the, the line with you why are you such a plunker rodney but then he goes <laughs> into the serious side of it and there's been a couple of times where david jason's caught you off guard with his actual ability to to make a room just melt and mm-hmm. um, there's an episode one of my favorite ones is when his dad returns and his dad, obviously, his, his dad left him after his mum died. And Dell's always been the one who's had to to make sure the family's okay. Um, and his dad comes back and convinces Dell that he's actually not his dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, it's Rodney, but we. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he convinces he convinces him through faking a, a, a blood condition that Dell is not his son, and he tries to ostracize him out of the family. And when Dell finally figures it all out and he relives it back to Rodney, the heartbreak in Rodney's face that he actually believed him over Dell. Mm-hmm. 
it's just again it it has some punches in there that you just don't expect because you're just looking for the laughs all the time yeah like surprise and um, depth in between yeah massively yeah. um but don't get us wrong there is some absolute corkers um <laughs> The one, the I mean the, the, one bar, the bar as well, like the, the bar <laughs> moments. Yeah, yeah. The that's too legendary is... almost in British comedy. There's the chandelier scene yeah. that will always come up on any any comedy list, and I can hear that in my head. Like the... I can hear the laugh track, like the gasp the one, track. And, yeah, the one I remember from childhood vividly was the exploding blow up dolls. Oh, we got the exercise. <laughs> yeah. Like my, I was like, what? you I don't get dolls what... called Busty Belinda. Yeah. Like, I didn't know. What, obviously, like as an eight-year-old, I didn't know what a blow-up doll was, and my yeah. parents weren't about oh, to explain no. it to me. But I still find it funny that these dolls are like going boom in the back of the car. It's just yep. the noise <laughs> as they explode. <laughs> <laughs> which again, you would think is Would you think it's a very low-brow joke? But it yeah. <laughs> and yeah. all of our grandparents loved it. <laughs> I have a, I have a lot of heart, a lot of love for the um. They did a lot of specials between series. If you look at Only Fools and Horses from a series perspective, there's not quite a lot because they just yeah. they did a lot of specials. Um, one of them is from Hull to Hull and back, and it's the Diamond Heist. <laughs> Yeah, with Boise and Abdul. Oh my God, that is some brilliant writing, and that is minus an audience. Yeah, yeah. so you're not relying on an audience, and that you've got to know what's going on. You've got to understand the jokes because you don't have an audience who's able to tell you where it is you should be laughing. And mm-hmm. um, that one in a frog's legacy, which is the one where you kind of realize that Rodney is not really Dell's like brother. Oh, okay. Because this is the one where you find out about Freddy the Frog and the gold bullion that he stole and he sat on his own detonator and, and he killed himself. <laughs> and he, it's such brilliant writing. And it's something that comes into play later on down the line. And obviously you get Rock and Chips, which is um, based around Freddy the Frog. I'm um, pretending I'm understanding all these yeah. phrases, yeah. but <laughs> I hope I hope some people do in the chat. I'm, sh- get oh, I'm sure I'm <laughs> lots of people are. <laughs> so, well, yeah, only fools and horses. No, I, if yeah. like if I didn't put it in my list, my dad would just <laughs> go for me. <laughs> it, it's awesome. I'm sure we. I'm sure we've all got something on the list that we did used to sit as a family and watch, mm-hmm. like yeah. whether it was appropriate or not. Yeah, mm. but it's. Unless that you've got like a family who hates jokes. That was <laughs> the thing I'm about sure. my family. They never, even if it was inappropriate or not, they would never explain it to us. Oh, so you I, just had a wonder. Just had to yeah. like, just look around like, what? Why, is, <laughs> that, why like, is that funny? Why yeah, are they laughing? It wasn't, <laughs> like, it wasn't until I was yeah. like older and I'm watching them again. I'm like, oh, oh, I shouldn't have been able to get that. I shouldn't be watching yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But that was a lot when I was a lot of things when I was growing up. I never had a lot of things explained to us. <laughs> well, now you've got a whole podcast full of people who won't stop explaining. This. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned. Uh, um, yes, yeah, so Only Fills and Horses is my okay. um, third pick. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to pick. Um, I don't. I'm not sure anyone would have this on the list, but I'm going to throw it out there. It's um, a sort of 2000s-ish era Vic and Bob show called Catrick. Anybody? Nobody? I know of it. No, of it. Oh, my God, Jake. That's okay. But um, it's basically um, 
uh, Vic and Bob have described it as like something they're like very proud of, like pulling off. But it's basically got like, um, it's like a silly story. It's based on characters from like I think a smell of Reeves and Mortimer or a Bang Bang Reeves and Mortimer, where they would do like um an old club, and basically it's the two bouncers from that. Like they've worked the characters into like a a more sort of dramatic story, but it's the story of a guy basically going back to his hometown to find his son, um and revisiting it's in Catrick as well like um he was in the army <laughs> and then comes back um and basically just obviously it's Vic and Bob so everyone's weird everyone's in it like Tim Healy um like uh Matt Lucas everyone you'd expect um Rishi Smith is in it as the, the the most like I don't know he's just a criminal like he's a murderer everything he's chasing them basically he's the bad guy <laughs> So it's who Reese imagines himself to be. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very scary. But it's 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 interesting because like um Bob Mortimer's character is kind of like a straight man who goes along with anything, like a nice guy sort of thing. So he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um and like Vic's playing like his weird brother who's like, All right, Carl, <laughs> so you've come home then, type of thing. Um, so they've got like obviously a super weird dynamic, but they just meet all these like weird and wonderful characters. It's funny because it's set in Catrick, like actual real life Catrick. <laughs> so like you'll see places that actually exist. Um, and Reese Shearsmith, as a sin, is playing the bad guy, but he's also the one who's the most annoyed by all of the stupid characters. Like he's the one reacting like someone normally would react if they met like Matt Lucas playing a weird like hotel manager. Um, but. No, this is like, crazy. I have never heard of this. No, and I've no. literally typed Patrick in, and the first thing that yeah. came up was Patrick TV show. It's worth a watch. Like it's very like League wow. of Gentlemen, kind of like a bit like a like definitely dark. Um, mm-hmm. it's got a twist ending. It's um, but I know I I just love it. It's one of those like things where mm-hmm. I saw it on TV. I got the DVD, and then I gave it to all my friends, and I was like, "You have to watch this so that we can shout the catchphrases." Oh. It's definitely worth a look in if you can get it. Um I'll have a look in it. That's fine. That yeah. ticks one off my list. That was a nice, yeah. quick and breezy one, yeah. wasn't it? But yeah, it's what it's definitely one of my favorite Vic and Bob things. I never sure. got Vic and Bob. Never, oh, okay. never got the humor. We it's used to shooting too stars was a thing I would sit shooting down with my parents and watch. Absolutely. I watched it. I watched it, and obviously, I laughed along with it. And yeah. Matt Lucas was fucking brilliant as George Dawes <laughs> in that. Um, but I when think it he came... might have peaked, <laughs> maybe. Um, but to but the actual comedy, I never got. Like, it's just it's too wacky for me. Yeah. Like my mom loves um, Bob Mortimer. Like yeah. loves him. He does all these programs, and at the moment, and his autobiography. She. You mentioned yeah. it to her and she'll just go, oily bins, and just burst out <laughs> laughing. Um, <laughs> I do love the fishing show he's got as well. Yes. Um, the, the, is oh, it yeah. with Paul and It's just called Gone Fishing, Oh, I think, Paul Whitehouse, yeah. that's it. Paul Whitehouse yeah. did it yeah. for a bit, didn't he? Um, yeah, my mum absolutely adores him and thinks he's so funny and, and highly recommends his autobiography. The, <laughs> I was going to say at the risk of plugging another podcast as well, that they have the... The Athletico <gasps> Mints podcast, which is a bit like a yeah. sketch uh, extension of sketch shows. <laughs> it's not actually about football either. You think it is, but I don't know anything about football and I can still enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we'll go on to Grant then, who's 
smiling politely <laughs> as always um, I, i've kind of lost it with the number of ones that we've had well, I've just, just make three. sure you're striking I mean, off the ones you've already talked about a pen just in order of calling right, fair enough. Just <laughs> i have three left uh, i've got, I've got three, three left i've got three left i've got um, three left <laughs> um, i need to miss a goal <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm going to dive right into my mid-teens at the moment because um, the mid-90s was a bizarre time for British comedy. We got a lot of stuff that kind of rose and fell very, very quickly. And I've always been a fan of, like, enclosed seasons. Um, as much as I mm-hmm. love um, stuff like Only Fools and Horses, um, that tendency to keep flogging that same horse has never really sat with me in comedy. Um, the show I'm picking... Probably nobody else watched. It's called Game On. Mm. Oh, I know Game On. Oh my god, I yeah. remember no, I Game on. on. I remember Game On. It was a uh, possessor of possibly the best TV theme tune that I've ever heard in my life. Mm. Um, it was a song called "Where I Find My Heaven" by the Gigolo Ants. Um, what a name! Yeah, <laughs> absolutely amazing name for a band. Um, and it was kind of looking at the most extreme ends of what adulthood would show for you as an, uh, a teenager it was three people living in a flat you had Martin who was a typical British nerd archetype as a ginger as well in the mid 90s obviously meant Classic. that he was getting absolutely <laughs> ripped a bit simply for that reason alone and um, by a more bullying character called Matt um, who despite wanting to be very very domineering and very controlling over his environment could only control his environment because he was agoraphobic Yes. Um, and then a female flatmate called Mandy, played by Samantha Janus, Janus, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call her. I prefer Janus simply because. Which was actually Womack like. at the time, but I'd, I'm just I'd, looking at Wikipedia. Don't care, I just need the word anus in there because Samantha Janus okay. at the time was possibly the most Jeez. beautiful woman on British TV. She, she was really, really jaw dropping. Um, playing a very polarized character as well because. She is constantly belittled by the two guys mm-hmm. for being pretty and a bit, there's no other word to describe it for this, well, at all, just being a bit slutty. She's putting around a bit and all of that kind of stuff. But she ultimately is the most powerful character in mm-hmm. that dynamic as well because she's constantly mm-hmm. shouting down the bullying character for his own self-esteem issues and that kind of stuff. But like I say, it was these three big extremes. You either end up as the 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 outcast kind of, you know, everybody hates on you. Um, that the I can't remember his name now. The the ginger character was, excuse me. Um <laughs> Martin, that was it. Um or you ended up this shut in anxious fucking mess that so many of us have been through adulthood as well. And it didn't shy away from how it dealt with him as well. There was a lot of piss taken about him getting cabin fever and everything, but then he'd go much as we were saying about occasionally chucking punches in there. Um, he would have his meltdowns and have these kind of broken moments that would not break the fourth wall, but definitely break the comedy barriers in order to try and make you see that it's not, it's not funny mm-hmm. when somebody's yeah. like that. And yeah, in the nineties, it was very, very easy to stereotype and archetype. And there is obviously a lot of it in it because it's mm. a product of the time. Um, but to me, in a similar vein, we had men behaving badly. That was mm, this yeah. laddish two guys in a flat kind of thing. Game on to me represented a slightly more adult view on 
what life <laughs> what life in a flat was like you know what i mean it wasn't yeah. you know mm-hmm. let's have fun and let's try and bang the neighbor upstairs and let's go down the pub uh mm-hmm. that men behaving badly was this was more about your shortcomings and your yeah. own anxi- anxieties and fears about who you were mm. and from my age at the time 14 through 17 who you were going to go up grow up to be um like i say i think it was very very clever the the big shame with it was the guy that played Matt, the agoraphobic guy, mm-hmm. thought he didn't get dropped after season one, but he got a big Hollywood role. He played the lead against Uma Thurman in The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Um, <laughs> nice. An actor oh, called Ben Chaplin. Yes. And then he disappeared and did fucking nothing after that, the poor bastard. Yeah. The guy they brought in after him was a bit more intense, a bit more skittish and chaotic. Yeah. Whereas Ben Chaplin played it very trapped in his own head mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to acting out through the cabin fever and what mm-hmm. have you he was more enclosed more thoughtful more like i i can't actually think of a better euphemism than trapped in his own head um yeah but yeah did, did anybody else watch it sorry i'm talking i did no no i i did i watched it um whether i remember it as well as you is a different yeah. thing <laughs> um but i do remember the change between the two characters and the guy who took over Matthew Cottle, he is a very intense person. He, he didn't have the heart like the last one did. Yeah. Um, the, do you know what's so funny that it's actually doing the rounds on TikTok at the moment, like clips from Game On, really? which I think is so like bizarre because I'm <laughs> like, why would anyone remember this? <laughs> if you yeah, weren't why, there, <laughs> no, but if you weren't there, why would anyone remember this TV show? Because yeah. it was aimed at a certain group of people yeah. at a certain time. It's not now, but Although, maybe being, there is some stuff to take from it. Being shut in your own head and a bit of an agoraphobic, that's kind of very pertinent nowadays, especially post-pandemic. Yeah. Like, it got real. I kind of feel sure. like, yeah, <laughs> it predicted the future. <laughs> yeah. no i didn't I, I, I quickly googled it i don't actually recognize it but it sounds like oh. something i would have definitely sat and watched on you know mm. a night time <laughs> yeah on a night time oh, <laughs> I, I remember watching it but it was the one that had definitely slipped my mind there grant mm. i do that. remember watching it though it's always kind of stuck with me and i think it probably was to do with me being a pivotal age at the time like mm-hmm. i said 14 through 17 you know, your body's going crazy. You know, if you're a bloke, your voice is going crazy. Your balls are up and down like fucking yo-yos and all the rest of it. And your hormones are raging a thousand mile an hour. One minute you're horny, the next minute you're depressed, the next minute you're thinking about your GCSEs. And everything, I mean, I'm a chaotic person anyway. You know what I mean? I'm I'm the epitome of that, you know, the plate spinner. You try and mm. give my life order and I just fucking implode in on myself. Um as I see in the, I, I don't know, almost like the the three ghosts of life yet to come. Um, <laughs> and I ended up being all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like... Grant, you really touched something there because that is exactly me as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Okay. laughs> I can't the, help myself, Grant. I really can't. <laughs> neither the, the writers would probably turn around now after hearing you say that. Be, yes, we did intend to write the three facets of the human. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's put Samantha Janice in a really short dress and go... Mandy, that's who everybody's <laughs> going to masturbate for the next three years too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a good choice and one that I, I did, I did generally forget about. 
it is cool with like it shows how healthy british comedy was that there could be something out that completely flew under the radar mm-hmm. i don't think it's in that mm-hmm. place anymore <laughs> well i don't know <laughs> no. maybe but um i don't know i think uh right i'm gonna pick now then so if we're all about three in i'm gonna go with and uh, back to channel four i believe um a little comedy set in a hospital which shouldn't be a funny place but it's <laughs> Called Green Wing. Yeah, I remember Green Wing. Fans. Yep. Yeah, fantastic season. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't knocked anything off anyone's list. So mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, but um, Green Wing to me was definitely completely missed it on television. Can't say I was on the ground floor of that one or anything. It's just another one of those box sets that around sort of college uni time you would just find yourself lending off somebody. Um, but. It's such a it's such an interesting show because at its base it's a comedy. It's like you know, fish out of water. New person gets a job, has to meet all the the crazy characters and have a love triangle. But like the way the way they've written the comedy, it's obviously absurdist, but it also I'm pretty sure like a lot of it's improvised as well. Like they kind of just sat these people in a room and let them go crazy and just showed us like <laughs> like the most nuts take that could get out of them. Um, but yeah, like it's just one of those that you have to see, like to believe. I think, but I don't know. I don't know how does everyone else feel. Like I just think it's like one of the most well written comedies <laughs> and improv shows I've ever seen. <laughs> In relation to the improv bit, I've got no source on this, but I'm much the same as you, mate. I've discovered it through box sets and people yeah. going here, watch this. And I'm positive at the time I was told that it was filmed in a working hospital, that they only shot small bits for it. A lot of the backdrop of what you see going on in the background of it is actually hospital workers doing what they were doing. It was like, can we rent this office for three quarters of an hour? Can we shut off this (laughs) corridor for half an hour? And they just dove in and did it. If somebody wants, in fact, I'll fucking Google it. (laughs) I mean, from personal experience, the film crew will pay them. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm guessing that wouldn't be going down too badly, you know? I mean, it was a different time. You probably wouldn't be able to find this space now. (laughs) Um, But this is... um, this has got, oh, I'm terrible with actors' names, but when I was saying there's a lot of crossover, um, it has the neighbor, the weird neighbor from Space. I can't remember his name. Brian. Oh, Brian. Yeah. He, <laughs> he plays Dr. Alan Brian. Statham, and his character, it's nothing <laughs> like Brian, is just the most like manic, like, I mean, he's in Friday Night Dinner as well. Um, yeah, oh, he's in all sorts. He's which in is another one on Paul's list, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's he's just he's like the most neurotic person you've ever met, and he's in a horrible relationship, and you get to see way too much into that horrible relationship. I just love like there's a, a set of characters that are just like the admin workers, and like one of them's it just gives it's like if you've ever worked in an office, like you know, there's the like the mum type who comes in late and always <laughs> oh, has God, crazy yeah. stories about the kids, like comes in with like puzzle pieces stuck on her back and stuff like that. Like they got so so much stuff so real about working with colleagues, but then had this whole other layer of like, but what if you worked with professional comedians? <laughs> Things like this <laughs> would happen as well. Um, um it's it's got Tasman Greg in it from uh, Friday Night Dinner. Everyone's in it. <laughs> I, I love Tamsin so much. 
I Googled it and they filmed in two separate hospitals, Harrow and Basingstoke, and they were given a corridor at the time when we were allowed to film when it wasn't busy. Wow. Um, it's a quote from the creator um, from The Guardian, literally stating yeah. they were told um, yeah, there was, there was people recovering from operations <laughs> literally next to where they were filming. It was essentially <laughs> done handicam in a working hospital with a yeah. lot actors. It um, absolutely feels like that, but that makes sense why you would hire some like high class improv people. Because if you're going to be like, we need to get this take yeah. because we've only got half an hour, please go in there and talk about this thing and make some jokes. Um, it, it does feel like one of those magic, like lightning in a bottle series. And there's only like two series, I think. Um, and it, it does like get a bit like silly towards the end because they have to have the big ending with like you know all the characters everything going completely off the rails and you know ambulance chases and all that stuff but it's 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 definitely one of those that if you haven't seen it just check out at least one season of it but yeah. you won't regret it it's at least interesting from like a, a like enjoying comedy perspective <laughs> <laughs> but no i absolutely love it full choice yeah choice yeah so so. Has anyone got three left? I do. Yes. Lauren, we'll go to you, then Peaches well, will hit you. <laughs> I will go to something that we haven't mentioned yet, but there was a little name drop earlier no. on. Um, I'm just going to come out with it because it needs no introduction. It is Blackadder. Oh, for oh yes. Sake. You've got me down to two. Blackadder, I can't... Oh, got me down to one! I can barely remember <laughs> Blackadder not being in my life. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. e- even when I didn't understand the jokes, I loved it. Um, slight tangent. So I remember I loved it so much because I really loved Tony Robinson as a kid. Because yeah. he... <laughs> <laughs> if you remember, if anybody remembers a show called... I don't know. I don't know if you count it as a comedy, though. This is the thing. But it's a kid's show that was on oh, CBBC okay. One. And it was called Maid Marian and Her Marian. Yeah, one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was like one of my favorite shows growing yeah. up. And Tony Robertson was on that. He was the sheriff. Um, I think he actually wrote and created it for his daughter. So his daughter oh, can start like, this kick ass, like, you know, Maid Marian, because obviously Robin was an incompetent twit. <laughs> and Maid Marian was, you know, the real the real one who was like you know saving the day and having the plans yeah she was incredible but because i was like young enough to like recognize him like i recognize like oh it's that's you know he's on maid marion and it was just it's just so funny it's just so funny and i liked how they evolved it i liked how obviously you've got the different time periods and it goes through from like early english history into the Tudor period with the Elizabethan stuff, which I was obsessed with that season. Yeah, so that's my favourite, like, I think. When I was a teenager, because yeah. I was like, the Tudor's like one of my favourite periods in history anyway, but I was also like really into Shakespeare. Like, <laughs> from a, from like a, obviously I read it as for like school and uni, for like college, for like my theatre training, but I love Shakespeare. So I really enjoyed like the nuances in the plays and it's, just how much they obviously knew and how much they kind of rolled into the season, like the context. Yeah, like like layers that you didn't pick up on until you'd yeah. done some studying. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like so talented and so clever and so creative. And then obviously get the fourth season, which has got one of the best endings. Yeah. In television Anything history. ever. In, in anything. Obviously. In anything. 
First World War was catastrophic. It was horrible. And they were sending her up. They were making humour. But in that very end moment, they didn't. They did yeah. not shy away from the fact that so many men didn't come home from the trenches. They didn't kind of yeah. like... Because there was no funny way out, you know. There was no escape, no. like pretending that, to be yeah. mad pencils up your nose and pants mm. on your head. Yeah, like the tr- he tried, they tried the funny yeah, they way tried, out. Yeah, they tried, but it didn't work. And that's, that's <laughs> just like, it was it was real enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it, it really gave the characters some, like, it made them human in the end. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you've got... You know, I think in the in the last scenes, you've got Darling becomes the most human he's oh, ever darling. been in the entire <laughs> scene. Fi- one of my favorite and characters like, from, from the he's, second he's series. Yeah, he's literally mourning a life he's not yeah. going to have. Yeah. Um, he's not going to share this life with his sweetheart anymore. Yeah. Um, you've got George who was George. looking looking forward to leaving the trenches. Yeah. He admits he's scared, and like you know, Baldrick's like, "Yes, I'm scared," and like. Even Macada, who is like you know self-interested, cowardly, yeah, who at the end refused to leave the troops' side. Mm-hmm. In that moment, they're all equal. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're yeah. all uh-huh. from very different classes, all from a very different class system. Well, look at George. Yeah, <laughs> George came moment, from one of the highest. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. are all equal, yeah. and yeah. they all kind of respect that of each other in that last moment. And it's just a very powerful TV moment. It's mm-hmm. impressive. It's very, to, like... very funny. Very to like, funny show. Yeah, to like retroactively humanize comedy characters with like one mm-hmm. moment. Like yeah. that's that's like impressive and like uh, they were obviously confident in the <laughs> their ability to pull it off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And with the yeah, red yeah. poppies as well at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, this was this was also my pick. Oh sorry. <laughs> Getting down to it. <laughs> I knew it had to I knew it had to be on some other list somewhere. But... <laughs> it would it, I, it's again one it's one of those yeah. it's one of these series where it's just it's been such a staple in my house mm-hmm. me yeah. and my sister can quote to you line for line the first episode of series two because we used to have a comic relief did a, a cassette tape of black adder's first episode yeah. And we literally can quote it word for word. And then because of that, my dad bought us the entire scripts <laughs> from season one to four. That's so cool. we could do the same for each episode. And it was a running joke because we never, me and my sister were these, we, we're the children who don't go looking for Christmas presents. Yeah. We yeah. like the surprises. And we, I found the book first. And my dad went, oh, my God, put that back. It's for your sister. And then, <laughs> so I did. And then <laughs> Michaela found it. And he was like, oh, my God, put that back. It's for your sister. Good and thinking it got on your the... dad's part, though. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but then on Christmas Day, I'm waiting for her to open this book. She's waiting for me to open this book. Neither one of us does because he gives it to us later on in the day. After all the presents are opened, I went, there you go. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is so huge. I am a massive fan of the first one of the mm-hmm. first series yeah. i think it is so it is absolutely hilarious i love the fact that the in the first series you've got um baldrick being the smarter one of the two and edmund mm-hmm. being the the silly like the mm-hmm. dumbest one of the two yeah and then the roles reverse in this and it does work like you yeah. i don't think you could have carried on blackadder the dynamic it was yeah. in the first one i think it had to change where Blackadder was just this, you know, narcissistic, horrible, evil person. Like, let's yeah. be fair, do you know, he was yeah. awful. Do you know if that was intentional? Like, I don't. But like, do you know? I, I just, I think, I just like, feel that it was, it was written to. Um, I don't know. 
like because it, it kind of feels like they were almost doing a bit like course correction but in like, an, an absolutely yeah, I, I, successful I, I way <laughs> i don't yeah. know if it's true or not but that is certainly how i felt about that it's, uh, yeah. it's logical anyway it made more sense it when made more sense it. that I, way around from season two but if you did it in the first season i don't think it would have worked no. Because of the how mm-hmm. because of Brian Blessed's performance <laughs> and his domineering way he was with Edmund, yes. it wouldn't have worked if Edmund was a dick back. So I'm just, yeah, maybe I'm just you thinking of to, the episode. Sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> he had to be and he had to be meek and thingy for Brian Blessed's character mm. to pull yeah. it off. Yeah. And, Otherwise I mean, it yeah. wouldn't have worked. Season one wouldn't have worked if the accidental death of Richard III was yeah. done by somebody who was smart. Exactly. <laughs> True. Was I mean, way you, more conniving about it. You yeah. could yes. argue that that sort of sent them on the generational path, you know, like yeah. to be like, yeah, that kind of broken. Like, is, no, like I'm never going to yeah, allow my family to be treated like this yeah. ever yeah. again. <laughs> I, will, I will stop it. But it, it brought us one of the greatest <laughs> characters that ever has been created in, in English history. Mm. Oh, Lord Flashheart. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> comedic <laughs> character ever. Seriously, is my oh. favorite comedic character. I have a that, soft spot. The second series, when he's in it, when he's um, <laughs> Bladders' as best friend and then yeah. ends up stealing his wife, the funniest one is the the fourth season when yeah. he's um, Commander Flashheart and he does that scene with Darlene where he ends up headbutting them. I yeah. still, to this day, <laughs> will quote that line for line because it's so brilliantly done. Um, Rick Mail just steals... Mm-hmm. Every scene he's in, yeah, kind of yeah. like you can see it in the second one when he's um, at the wedding, because um, Ron Atkinson steps back, yeah, like, yeah. physically yeah. steps away from yeah. him because this is you're not going to be able to steal yeah. the scene from him. No. You yeah. can like, like him. they're like doing a stage sort of style okay. like yes, performance. I mean, but, yeah, but the cast in this is phenomenal. Like Stephen yeah. Fry is merchant and. Um, Lord Melchie, Melchie, yeah. Melchie, 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 yeah. Who and I love the fact that they keep their name, like they keep obviously the the generation thing yeah. as it goes Makes on. Sense. I I even love the Prince George. Um, yeah. the dictionary episode is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I like, love Miranda I, Richardson. Oh, she is so brilliant as Queenie. I love um Miriam. Oh, I can't say her Miriam name. Gorgeous. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the reason I started laughing is just I just was just. The Spanish Infanta episode just came back into my head. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Edwin, my love. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, I just, I absolutely, I absolutely adore this program. The Christmas special is <clears throat> phenomenal. Like yeah. how he turned out to be a really good guy. And then because when he sees these actual ancestors, yeah. he turns into a dickhead. <laughs> he was good, um, but completely impoverished because he just kept giving everything away. Yeah. yeah. Um... I've got an example of how far Blackadder reached. Um, I was I was actually replaying one of my favorite video games um, recently, uh, Oblivion. Yeah. And when you are talking to um, uh, I've forgotten his name, Shergorath Butler. Oh yeah. You've got a scene where she, you're talking to Shergorath, sorry, and he's talking about his butler, and he. 
you know, you've got Chiagoras, very brightly, colourful, elaborately dressed. You've got the butler standing next to him, dour, serious face on in black. And he describes him as having more brains than brains pie. <laughs> oh. Now, Snuck in a line there, have that, that's, that's a season three thing, because yeah. obviously you then have Prince George, very elaborately dressed. You've mm-hmm. got Blackadder in black, and uh, George states that Blackadder is as clever as brain pie. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a good reach I didn't realise it at first but it was just on like a recent playthrough and I went hang on I reckon yeah. like, oh, I can't I can't listen to anything to it do with Parliament when they say really, Privy Council <laughs> <laughs> whenever they say Privy Council I can just hear that snot-nosed little kid going Privy Council <laughs> <laughs> I mean this show is why we ended up calling my friend Kate Bob Oh, she was Bob, 13, Bob. we have called her Bob. Bob. What's your name? <laughs> Bob. Bob. <laughs> a, I, I, this is like massively well-known trivia, but I think Rowan Atkinson has a bit of a, a speech issue where he finds he like bees hard to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, so really? that's, I didn't know that. That's, mm-hmm. all, that's kind of why he says it weird, but obviously also they were playing it for a yeah. joke. I mean, it works. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's like yeah. in love with his manservant. <laughs> <laughs> That episode is absolutely hilarious, but it has been completely, oh, just died to death in our house. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I would say just that's it's probably, the one I can quote. <laughs> yeah, it's a line from that that's probably my most quoted from Blackadder, which is she's got a tongue like an electric eel and she likes the taste of a man's tonsils. <laughs> oh, no, I do love that one, but my favourite is always going to be Queenie's. I may have the heart of a weak and feeble woman. But I have the heart. No, I also have the heart and stomach of a concrete elephant. <laughs> Love that line. I think one of my favorites is when they have to go work for the executioners, <laughs> and like, and like, um, obviously Baldrick like fits right in with like the yeah. crowd, and then later Rainbow. on when. When they're having like an argument, they're like, "Hang on, like, don't be mean to young Ploppy here. Like, he's joined the family because they're all Ploppy called Ploppy." <laughs> it's the yeah. firing squad as well. When it's they just get like going, ready, home fire. Yeah, it's just like secret little super quick, not not secret, but like super quick jokes where it takes you a minute to like work them back and be like. Oh yeah, because they didn't need to show it, but like they'll they'll chuck it in there, and you're like, it's yeah. it's really like well written that way. <laughs> it's such, a, and you know what? There's so many times people have said, "Oh, it's going to come back, and they're going to do a new series." No, I don't no. want they don't one. have to. I don't want any. What we have is yeah. perfect enough. Exactly. Like yeah. that's that's enough, and then I love the fact mm-hmm. that they did something for the millennium. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it was held in yeah. the Millennium Dome. Um. That was fun. That was that's, fun. That's enough. Yeah, I'm like, fine with them like ending it there. Like I like yeah. how he went back in time and made himself the king. And who was his wife? Who was his wife? Oh, I don't know, but his wife is in Blackadder. She is the Mrs. Miggins in <laughs> series three. That is Rowan Atkinson's wife. Yeah. No, there was some. Um, it was somebody like. It was like Kate Moss or something like that, you know, some super fit actress. Uh, yeah, model. at the time, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like a super. Yeah, like, <laughs> the very much the millennium, yeah. like sweetheart kind super of model. thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> he got himself to be the king and the super hot wife, and he was, you know, arriving to his subjects and all his 
all his friends came out, you know, and it's like that he'd set everybody up though, which was a kind of the nice thing about it. It's so, like he won in the end, but he made sure everybody else won, so it paid it off. But, but he was yeah, probably no, no he more. probably still wasn't happy though. <laughs> probably. But no more. No more after that. I've just yeah. I've just remembered one of um Darlene's most brilliant moments in I think it's season two, where he discovers pure green. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I just it just came to me as pure green. That's the best thing about the podcast where things just pop into your head and you just yeah. shout them and then everyone's like, cracking up. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not I'm I'm I had to have this on my list. Yeah. Had to, yeah. Just the, the, this is a one that was never in doubt was always yeah. going to be on my list. It was the when yeah. my dad asked us what my list was on Friday, this was the first thing that came out of my mouth. And it mm. might have had something to do with the fact that with not Friday, it was Saturday. They had the coronation on in the background. And every time <laughs> they kept saying anointed, my dad just kept going, a ninety ninety. And it just reminded <laughs> us so much of <laughs> <laughs> But okay, so that knocks you down to one. I'm one. Just just continue until you get to one and let us Grant, have you got two left? <laughs> I've got two left. I've got a good segue out yeah, from, go for uh, it. a little mm. bit in there as well because uh, Maid Marion was mentioned there. And Maid Marion is a, a font of comedy royalty um, mm-hmm. for a kid's show because you've got Danny John Jules kicking about in there. But let's mm-hmm. not mention any of the other shows that Danny John Jules has done. Um, but it circulates around Marion herself, uh, Kate Lonergan. My next pick might not be one of my favourite comedies, but we're talking about top fives, and I think this show represents, again, a lot of... I keep doing these weird philosophical meanings, don't I? I need to stop. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so hard, isn't it, not to? It's like, you've got to make... Impact. The... Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck that shit, Grant. Just... Pick something that you want to laugh at. But <laughs> it did represent a bit of a turning point in British comedic culture and the way that TV was um, kind of portrayed and certain people were portrayed on TV. And Kate Lonergan played a very, very small part in this as a police officer, as the girlfriend of one of the main characters. It is a one-series release from Channel 4 in the early 90s called Terry and Julian. Nobody know. knows what the fuck oh it is. Oh my god, you Taught made us out. Google In, there, We're going to all Google it. Yeah. <laughs> all British. The Julian is Julian Clary. Oh, oh come on. Now, now you know who Julian Clary uh-huh. is. Now, at this point, Julian Clary had predominantly done a lot of these weird little um, kind of cabaret shows and that kind of stuff with his stand-up act and had done a, a daft little adult-orientated game show on Channel 4. And they chucked him into this sitcom called Terry and Julian, a bit of a parody of your odd couple thing that you get with Terry and June. Um, Mm -hmm. Terry's advertising for a flatmate. (laughs) And the minute he sets the the advert up, there's a knock at the door and it's Julian Clary being flamboyant as hell. The reason that I'm saying it's so pivotal is because it was probably one of the first times that they'd given a an openly gay and not only just openly gay, but openly as flamboyant as Julian Clary was mm. the front and center stage in something that was a bit more mainstream than a cabaret show or a speciality late night thing or anything like that. Whilst there's obviously sexualization and a lot of, you know, ooh, vicar, so to speak in the campus. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. It really, really catapulted Julian Clary to the forefront of British comedy, which at the time in the 80s was still very much let's laugh at the camp people and let's laugh at the brown people and let's, you know, it's kind of cycling through the same old shit that we'd had through the 70s and they just kind of yeah. battered him out there as this big sparkling fucking fabulous motherfucker on <laughs> Channel 4 at a really decent time and gone, come on then. We all remember Channel 4 in the late 80s and early 90s. It was edgy as hell. And yeah. It was pushing yeah. the boundaries. Um, interesting thing about this one as well, I rewatched them again recently. Um, it continually breaks the fourth wall. It's 50% sitcom and 50% stand-up show. Um, generally before the break, what would happen is Julian Clary would finish his little um, skit with the guy that played Terry, and then he'd take a mic in his hand, and he'd go sauntering up into the audience, and he'd sit down next to somebody and ask them a couple of inco- uncomfortable questions <laughs> and bring that person from the studio audience into the show for the remainder of it and make them play a character or something <laughs> like that. And it's a really, really weird way of doing things. You know, breaking the fourth wall in TV is, I wouldn't say it's a given these days, yeah. but if we look at cartoons especially, there's mm-hmm. a lot of breaking the fourth wall and stuff mm-hmm. like South Park and Big Mouth and yeah. um, all of the rest of them. But as far as TV breaking the fourth wall was concerned, it never really happened. And it sure as hell didn't happen with one of your characters just going, Let's go and speak to the studio audience. Yeah. And do you think it was, there. it's probably seen as a bit of a cheap joke, isn't it? Like breaking the fourth wall for TV. Yeah. Because, it, like you're saying, it is the realm of cartoons, like holding up a sign to the, to exactly. the screen. It's the, you know, da, da, da. and they all yeah, look yeah, at the yeah. camera kind yeah. of thing, but they just put it, put it on to Julian and mm-hmm. he will walk past the camera crew and all of that kind of stuff. And it's very, Almost the way that Alan, obviously Alan Partridge came much later, but that that yeah. whole thing of that disorder and that you're not quite sure what's going to get chucked in front of you. Um, nobody's heard of it, so we've got a nice quick one here, but all of the <laughs> no, no. are available um, on YouTube. Can I ask, Grant, nice. did this we come like out... Did this come out before or after Gimme, Gimme, Gimme? Because when I'm looking at the pictures, it cool. kind of gives us that vibe. Oh, Long, before. That show. Long before. Very, okay. very much. Gimme... Gimme, Gimme, Gimme is definitely a spiritual successor, and mm-hmm. both in the um the not so much in the breaking the fourth wall, but that weird little narrative that you've got going on. Except they, they reverse the roles a little bit. Kathy Burke, obviously, yeah. absolute comedy, not just comedy, is you know just an, an she's absolute icon, phenomenal she's, person. Um, oh. But she assumes that slightly more debauched role. Um, you know yeah. the the, prom- the promiscuity and the sexual humor and that kind of stuff that Julian Clary had in Terry and Julian. Whereas, uh-huh. is it Tom? Yeah, the, the, the male yeah. guy. Think- give me, give me, give me. Yeah, yeah, Tom and Linda. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's the more straight laced, and he's a little bit more wimpy and what have you. But mm-hmm. definitely the dynamic, the way they play back and forward. Is, there's a lot of Terry and Julian that then went into Gimme, Gimme, Gimme without a doubt. Oh, okay. Well, I saw the spiritual successor. I do like that format. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I very much like that one. Mm-hmm. Nice one. Cool choice. I like I'm, 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 I'm going to have, have to rewatch that now. Out. Uh, okay. <laughs> go for it. Oh, yeah. be back in a t- no, but I like learning about new things that yeah, especially if I can yeah, possibly absolutely. YouTube them. 
for free. That's yes, it's not all four. <laughs> it's always it's always a bonus. No, it's on all four not as sponsored, well. Even it's better. on all four. Ah, oh, nice there one. you go. There you go. The YouTube copy shit. It looks like somebody's been sitting with a video camera <laughs> filming a VHS on a CRT. It's like. Now back in the old yeah. days. <laughs> that's Julian over there. That's sparkly. That's gonna be Julian. <laughs> right, yeah, well thanks, guys. No, no nice. problem. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take one here because I'm just going across the top still. <laughs> Plugging along. Um mine is gonna be uh, when we're back to channel four again. That that's kind of like where I think my favorite comedy sat. Like when yeah. I was a bit older, BBC yeah. as a kid channel four as an adult <laughs> um but i'm gonna go with it's a slightly more modern but i'm saying that it's probably not anymore i'm just old now but um i'm gonna go peep show mm. oh wow yeah this has <laughs> wow honorary member on my list it almost made yours did it <laughs> and it's something i watched in uni it's like yeah it was very much what was on at the time yeah, right. absolutely. It's kind of um, it's it's an interesting one in that it's it's gone away and came back a few times. So yeah. chances are, if you didn't hit hit it the first run, you might have accidentally saw a later season and went, "Ooh, like what's this?" It's on stream, and obviously, but, um, have, I've never sorry. watched an episode. Oh, okay. I think I think it still holds up just because you obviously lived through England, <laughs> like <laughs> when it's set. <laughs> I don't know if it an is, American would fair. get it. To be fair, it is something I want to visit. Yeah. Um, it's only because, and I'm not a big fan of him, but I watched an interview with Youngblood, who uh-huh. was sitting with, oh, God, what's his name? The Not the tall one, the other one. David Mitchell. Yes, yeah. he was sitting with yeah. David Mitchell, and he thanked him for, for Peep Show, because when he was he, in the pandemic, he was stuck in America, and he couldn't get home, and yeah. he's very Aww. much a home bird. And he was like, Peep Show got me through the pandemic. Because oh, wow. it just reminded me so much of home and I couldn't <laughs> stop watching it. And I was like, oh, that's so like I'm not yeah. a fan of them. I just thought it was so sweet. And I was no, like, oh, I, I think, might give it a watch. I think you'd like it, but like if anyone doesn't know the basic rundown, it's uh, it's the classic two horrible flatmates. <laughs> we love that. Co- <laughs> we, we, we do that, that so well. <laughs> we do. We're ready to um, it's a it's an interesting one. It's it's all it's shot in first person a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I've seen where you, the concept of it. Yeah, so like you're oftentimes seeing a character um, walk around from their own point of view. <laughs> uh, it's getting in in so you're getting like first person uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Peep Show, by the way, Grant. <laughs> mate, the minute you said first person view, yeah. I was like, yes, mate, <laughs> nice one. An uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable uncomfortable horrible situations all around <laughs> but yeah it's one of those proper like cringe comedies where you see everything happening and you want to stop it <laughs> like personally you want to like stop the character from saying or doing what they're about to do but you just can't and it just every every situation they get in falls apart in the worst and most uncomfortable way possible but it's one of those where you're not supposed to root for either of them because they're yeah. both horrible in their own way and they never like they never ever get a win and that's the way it's supposed to be <laughs> like even up to like the final scene they just constantly find a way to throw their own life away <laughs> <laughs> should i be laughing i think yes, I should, you should. <laughs> um but no like it's it's so like memeable as well like as to this day when something horrible comes on the internet a lot of the stuff grant says it's like 
I'm eating a fruit corner, Jeremy. Like he says something horrible <laughs> at breakfast time and stuff like that. But yeah, you got your very like straight laced, like fan of war history and your, uh, what would you call a musician? Uh, <laughs> Dole scum friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like growing up, I'm sure like we've all known that guy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> is Olivia Coleman in it? She is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the love interest. I think uh, she is yeah. so funny. She's fantastic yeah. as well. I love her. Yeah. She's amazing. I just love her in real life as well. She's <laughs> just, <laughs> just so hilarious. But honestly, it is, it is like, I think, uh, Grant, you mentioned Partridge just recently. It's, like, up there for, like, like no, stop. Like, don't say that. Don't say that. It's like, <laughs> no, you're making it worse. Like, But it's just, like, proper, like, the most cringe TV. But no, it's See, great. and I love cringe TV. Like it's some Aww. of my favorite. And yeah. I, I am, I can't get away with Alan Partridge. That's like even no. too cringe for me. Like I love it. Oh, okay. My brother, my brother is a mad, 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 mad Alan Partridge fan. Yeah. So he showed that to me. And I think we Brits do uncomfortable humor very, oh, very well. Massively, we are because we're constantly getting in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, <laughs> but we are very we we you know we revel in the uncomfortable and yeah. sending each other up and sending ourselves up and <laughs> that kind of slightly dirty, disgusting humor. Absolutely. Yeah. Very like, good. you know, you were saying before, like, um, Blackadder, like it's done. You don't want to see any more. Like peep show is the thing where I would gladly accept another season. Like mm-hmm. I'm sad that it's over and I'm like jealous, Sammy, that you might get to watch it all from the start. <laughs> Like it's there's not too much of it either because it's a classic like British show where it's only got about six seasons with maybe like eight episodes. At oh, I'll definitely give it a watch. It's something that is yeah. on the list because I, I feel mean, like I'm getting older. I'm starting to understand yeah. these kind of comedies more. <laughs> you see, grim- oh, sorry, Lauren. No, so I I wouldn't say no to seeing the, those guys again as like yeah years down the line. But the <laughs> never, the- <laughs> they're still horrible. Oh, definitely. They'll never like. It's one of those exactly. where they'll they never change. Yeah, and no. that would that would be funny. That would be funny <laughs> to see them um, like. They're not sick, but they're not well, as the no. theme song says. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Grant. What were you saying? Yeah. Uh, part of the reason that Peep Show didn't make my list because I absolutely adore it, and I think you were touching on it when I sat back down. Mate, the cinematography elements of Peep Show, with it all being taken from the first person, is absolute beauty. Um, but the last two seasons of it for me kind of pulled me away from it a little bit. I felt that like, yeah. they, were, they were clutching a little bit. I don't want to obviously talk bad about it because the first four seasons are a, they're a masterpiece. They really, really are. But it, they, to me, they lost me with season yeah. five and season six. Um, like I say I don't want to end it on a, a downer, but because uh, <laughs> it is an amazing <laughs> pick. It's fucking uh, phenomenal. Uh. <laughs> comedy um <laughs> it, like i said just when you said a little bit more was like no i didn't even want what they already gave me <laughs> oh, okay no no well that's that's fine like to be honest i mean the last seasons don't really stick in my mind super well apart from like the very like end scene but like i think i just i've got like an endless like sort of i could watch cringe stuff all the time as long as it's yeah. not happening to me it's not on my list and I hopefully I'm not pissing on anyone else's list but The Office is where cringe TV started for me mm-hmm. Okay, The, the yeah. English Office is the cringiest yeah. 
of cringe fests and that's where it starts and i'm happy to watch cringe tv so i'm really gonna look forward to watching this oh yeah i'm pretty sure it's on any i'm sure it's like still on netflix i'm sure it's like on netflix and we're just about to finish brooklyn 99 for the second time so if you want if you want a really massive tonal shift yeah (laughs) i think we need one (laughs) maybe yeah brooklyn 99 is getting intense for that last uh, (laughs) scene yeah it's a ditch okay who's got two left then both of you is we're gonna go the Lauren Grant, peaches again. Yeah. Oh, Grant, are you? You've got one. I'm one. You're. Okay. I'm one too. So we're going to Lauren. We're gonna do uh, the, the I'm, bomb row. <laughs> I'm gonna do it quite. Going back to, there's a connection to my last pick, but I'm gonna go to the very mm. kind of brass tack comedy, <laughs> and Mr. Bean. Oh, nice! Ooh, I didn't Mr. even Bean think about this. Is... <laughs> Mr. Breen is just, it's genius. It's so simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's barely even any words, but it speaks to so many people in so many countries around the world. Yeah. You don't have to speak English to watch this show, to find it yeah. funny, to understand yeah. it. And <laughs> But obviously it evolves over time. Like, like one of my favourite scenes is the bit where he's in the park with the sandwich yeah. and he's, he's yes. pulling he's pulling the different bits out <laughs> of his clothes and he's got the hot water bottle for his tea <laughs> and he, he just like sneezes with the pepper and it just blows everywhere and the guy next to him on the bench is just like really uncomfortable like you know offering him the rest of his sandwich and yeah. it's just it's just genius and they but again, it brings you low sometimes because it's the bit where his his so called friends like they skip the clock forward so they can go oh. next to, they can escape him on New Year's. <laughs> but you know why? Because he's so uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't it's... you wouldn't want to hang around with Mister. No, Bean. no. It's like when <laughs> his girlfriend is like you know pointing at the ring in the window, and he you know she really wants that. Ring. <laughs> He gives her a picture of the couple. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he pulls something out and she thinks it's the ring, but it's just a cock so she can hang it up. <laughs> Honestly, know. like, I think maybe this is like a Rowan Atkinson thing. Maybe mm-hmm. he's like the, the, the king of the comedy here, but like the setup is, it's just perfect. It's yeah. that right amount of time where it's not too long, but it's not too short where like you just go along for the ride and you think, oh yeah, he's going to, like the one where he's like um, trying to take his clothes off without the guy next to him sitting <laughs> on the beach. And it spends this whole like 10 minute long sequence of him trying to get like his his shorts on and then his pants off and do like the switch over <laughs> so he can go swimming. And then it turns out the person he was trying to avoid seeing him naked was blind the whole time. <laughs> But like it's just that thing where like okay, that's you... just made me inside like laugh. <laughs> yeah, like you, you get this entire long thing and you're like, okay, I see where this is going. Like he's probably gonna get caught out, and then yeah. it's like it spins it around to something else, and you're like, right. And it's how he can move. Like he yeah. splutters, yeah, like he can full on splutter, and he's he's has got that very fluid physicality. Like he yeah. may it's not because he's not speaking he translates it into his movements and yeah. it's just good it's just so good like you can watch that as a baby and find it funny you yeah. can watch it 
as somebody like you know 90 yeah like this is another one that i used to watch with like um my nana because it's like it it wasn't particularly like dirty or anything no like like you said though there was it was so visual that Mm -hmm. it worked for everyone Mm -hmm. and i can like i can remember like uh, my nana saying like one time they went on holiday and on the plane the entertainment was Mr. Bean and she was like it's great I could I didn't have to buy the headphones because it was Mr. Yeah. Bean <laughs> like you don't need the sound but like you said it's awesome that it carries to like different cultures and stuff mm-hmm. or just anyone who might have some like accessibility issues with language mm-hmm. um it's yeah. awesome that it can just like it's like a universal thing that just sort of transfers to anything I never really really looked at it that way I used to find it when I used to watch it growing up so fucking annoying yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's definitely irrit- supposed to be annoying <laughs> yeah. annoying to where I was like this is just not even funny like I just don't find this hilarious but you just <laughs> describing that episode I can picture that episode yeah. in my yeah. head and I can feel my insides like yeah. <laughs> laughing if you go back away. and watch it you'll probably really yeah. oh, appreciate I've, it I've, I've seen clips recently and I've got a whole new appreciation for <laughs> it <laughs> but when growing up i just couldn't i was like i loved this it. is fucking I ridiculous I, I always find it funny the bit where he packs his suitcase <laughs> i like what the is... step the sword oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was um what's his name richard um, richard Dudap. yeah he oh, played victor meldrew yes gosh what's his oh okay another um... comedy genius yeah, he was the dentist in that episode. I only watched that, realized that when I watched it back like a couple of years ago. Which is again, he... sorry, I was on mute. We used to his name as well. Yeah, Richard Wilson was the guy. Wilson, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Just shout Richard Wilson. Again, a perfect foil for Mr. Bean. Um, <laughs> I always like the one where he goes to the the exam and he's trying to cheat off the guy next to him because <laughs> he's he's he thinks he's gone into the wrong paper. But again, that's an entire episode set up where. All he had to do was turn his exam paper over, and his, his the thing he'd studied for was on the other side yeah. the whole time. <laughs> He's getting his like little pink panther out and like yeah. putting all his things out all on his the lucky desk. charms. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the movie? Because that came out around the time. Movie. Yeah. Well, there's uh, a few. The, the ultimate disaster movie is the one I'm talking about. <laughs> I was it. I think I've seen two. Was it? Was the two yeah. movies? There was a holiday. I I didn't quite like it as much. It was weird because he went to America and the comedy was very America-centric, like the kind of rewritten them. (laughs) I think it was one of those generational things, though. I think it it seems to be people who are, like, younger than me, like, slightly in, like, the younger generation. That's what they find funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, that spoke to them a little bit. Like, that's their bean. Like, that's their bean. And then my being was like the tv show because it's like the mr bean cartoon as well yeah which yeah. i've seen a bunch of that's that's yeah. it's kind of cool that he's there for like another generation yeah as well. and i think you can probably appreciate all of it if you look at it but i yeah where my but, heart um, is, is with the original episodes sammy i can bring you into the movie the guy from ghostbusters 2 who looks after the painting is uh is the guy yeah. he goes to live with <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and obviously um yeah, what is it? They've got a picture. He ruins the picture of Whistler's mother, Whistler's mother yeah. and draws a horrible face on it. And then you get Yano, like when he shows him the painting, he's like, ah, Jesus of Nazareth, like doing his all his overacting and stuff. <laughs> Very good. 
did you see his new Mr. Beanie thing that Ron Atkinson did for Netflix? I don't think so. It, no. It's not Mr. Bean, but it's very, very much in the same vein called Man right. versus Bee. Yes, okay, I did hear oh, about right. this. And so like Bee movie. What? by like a, a rich woman um yeah. and then she's like oh no i'm on my way out and the keys are over here and this is the you know but he's been introduced to the house far too quickly and then he gets yeah. left in this woman's house by himself and a bee gets in and uh-huh. fucking anarchy <laughs> ensues <laughs> um it's worth a watch it's little 10 15 minute things but it, oh, it's a okay. lovely little nostalgia yeah. throwback for us to that kind of comedy but what you're saying about trying to reduce them to the American market, I think this is Ron Atkinson's second punt at going, yeah. yeah. let's make the Americans get Mr. Bean a little bit more okay. and try and get over the Atlantic. But there's it, too it much fun. there's too much people who just hate English stuff now. Uh, yeah. and they've got good reason for them. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. there's too much back. Or they're, trying to, or they're just trying to steal it for themselves. You'll never get the TikTok generation into English anything. <laughs> they just like to tell us where we've gone wrong in history and yeah. you know and tell us how our history actually works but we are we are all mr bean to them <laughs> i think i'm fine with that I mean, I'm actually okay with that too works on them but peach that takes us to you um well i'm gonna go with the one that i think is Possibly on somebody else's list. Um, I think she's looking. At I was going to sing the theme tune, but I can <laughs> feel my throat going, so I'm not going to. Um, so I'm just going to go once in every lifetime. Comes a love like this. Yeah. Oh, I need you. You need me. Oh my darling, oh, my darling. can't you see? <laughs> it's the young one. <laughs> We're off to fight this Absolutely, box. this is my absolute number one with a bullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what can you say about the show, really? It's disgusting. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a... Um, <clears throat> It kind of sums up the funny side of anarchy that was the Thatcher era of the UK. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it was surreal, it was slapstick, it broke the fourth wall. It kind of helped pave the way, in a way, for the more alternative comedies uh, of the Definitely. late 80s. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, the characters are like caricatures of themselves and stuff like that. Too. Yeah. Um, providing a voice for the youth absolutely but like they kind of were and weren't at the same time because like in one like they were kind of held it all at the same time they're like on one hand we're a parody of like the youth of today but then on the other hand we're actually we actually are speaking for them in a way because they played it so like in both sort of camps there um i've got a very like special history with this show because i had it all taped off channel two or whatever as like a videotape of season two when i was a kid that's what i used to watch i didn't really see season one until like like i don't know box sets came out vhs box sets Mm -hmm. but basically as far as i'm aware my parents basically lived like the young ones in (laughs) accommodation with all of their friends and they're punks uh slash hippies so like i was basically around people who 
for all I knew, could have been the young ones when they yeah. were like maybe 10 years younger. Yeah. Um, so for them, like it was basically my parents were getting a TV show like laser targeted to them, <laughs> like especially with the whole like, I hope you're happy Thatcher, like breaking the fourth wall, pointing yeah. at the screen <laughs> that you would get out of Rick Mail and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> there's a, it's, it's an interesting show, though, because um, there's a there's a quite famous behind the scenes thing now that I think Gold used to show. But um, the had to the reason they have music is because like BBC would give them more time in the studio if there were like yeah. a variety show, and so that's yeah, why they have the live performances. Yeah. And it's but probably I mean, why they've what? got loads of weird people involved to like do Look puppetry at the and stuff. Brought in as well, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, would you have expected more ahead? <laughs> that's true. Um, they're going I to get would've... us the cure. No, it's madness this week. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um... I would have had this on my list, but I knew yeah. it was going to be on yours. So I was like, oh, that takes an extra slot <laughs> yeah. for me. Um, but this is something that my my like me and my dad hold very special. Because yeah. for all like my dad didn't he wasn't he didn't dress the way they did, he still had that kind of that that young men that young attitude <laughs> and um the music as well. Like my dad yeah. listened to a lot of like my dad got me into punk. Um, in a very small way because he's not like a huge punk because I like, dropkick Murphys and like the Sex Pistols yeah. and that, but it kind of like my obsession grew from it. Um, and I absolutely adore this so much. Like we still to this day can like me and my dad quoted, especially the that episode that's on Behind You, Jay. <laughs> it's so Go, good. Rah, rah, rah. Um, Wasn't I mean... it monked away to honk? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy <Yeah>. sends hugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think yeah. about it as well, even just looking at that scumbag college at uh, <laughs> the university challenge episode, rather, it's 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 like an up and coming of who's who on the comedy scene at the time, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because there's Stephen Fry, Ben I mean, Elton, <laughs> Emma Thompson, <laughs> Hugh Laurie. Yeah. You know, you've got yeah. like you've got you've French got and Saunders um, in French there. Saunders. Yeah. Well, they're in their own episodes. You've got Smith and Jones. Aye. I'll tell you, you like, like for this for this university challenge episode. I genuinely thought that they sat above each other because of this. Me too. Of how, yeah. <laughs> Me too. I was so devastated when I saw them sitting side to side. Oh, yeah. yeah when he, it. he kicks down underneath. When I was um, give us some easy school, ones, Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> when I was when I was at school, I used to have long brown hair, middle part, and this is, this is probably why I don't do it anymore. But middle part and really yeah. long brown hair, I'm and listening. somebody went, oh, "You look like Neil from the Young Ones." Oh, Neil, Neil. Oh, orange peel. I, <laughs> I didn't even take it as like a like a, a diss or anything. I was like, oh thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I look at it. I'm like, no. I mean, yeah, me too. And I'm a vegetarian, so vegetable rice and peas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my love for the show was well known among my friends, and yeah. um, unfortunately, I had to go into sixth form on my 18th birthday. I was in school oh, on the day, yes. um, and for some reason at the time I had my hair up in bunches like proper like <laughs> up on the top of my head stuff um <clears throat> and my friends brought in a denim waistcoat yeah and some silver <laughs> stars <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always had red hair and it was like dyed even brighter at the time so I had to go around school all day <gasps> with this denim waistcoat yeah. on and silver stickers on my forehead um 
Did you write very metal on the back as well? (laughs) (laughs) And I I, I even got to go across the road to the pub for a sneaky pint at lunchtime dressed like this. Very nice. With my school uniform underneath. Am I eating down over the shit? <laughs> yes, I, I, uh, I got dressed as Vivian from by my friends for my eating. That's class. That's yeah. that so I just cool. became Neil apparently, just without trying. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, um, but honestly, I mean... like there was even like Alexi Sale showing up. That was definitely uh-huh. the first time I saw him. Yeah. Um, but like yeah. the way the way you would just go on like weird diatribes and again just do, do like a stand up routine in the middle of an episode. Um, yeah, it's just like out of nowhere, and then you got Lexi Sale doing this stand-up routine. Wasn't he the yeah. landlord? Wasn't yes. he the landlord? He was. Well? Yeah, and... he was the landlord and the whole family of the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I quite like the one where he's like the train conductor, and he's going on about. Oh no, it's the one where he's the police chief, and he's going on about how he mm. looks like Mussolini, <laughs> but he's like dressed up in like an army outfit and everything. And he's like, "Aren't you Benito and Mussolini, conqueror of third worlds?" And he's like. No. <laughs> <laughs> the um my favorite favorite scene, and I think this is probably across the board when it comes to British comedy. This is the one that gets us every time is Rick Mail trying to commit suicide. Oh, with the laxatives. <laughs> yeah. It's like, can, can you, you kill, kill yourself, yourself with like <laughs> No, <laughs> but I wanna see him try. <laughs> He's like he just stands there with his bottle going, I'm gonna do it. The, I'm the, gonna do it. Talking about what the people's poet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was like, I remember, I'm going to write to my MP. Rick, you're an anarchist. You don't have an MP. Fine. I'm going to write to the leader, to the lead singer of Echo and the Bunnymen. <laughs> Dear Mr. Echo. <laughs> I need to watch the young ones tonight, uh, man. That's the one, so funny. The one where they have to burn everything to stay warm as well. Vivian's <laughs> pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be born a pauper. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, I, I mean that was a uh, that was a word I think where like Rick and Aid kind of swapped a little bit, not fully because obviously yeah. Rick still had his moments in it. But I mean, Vivian's entry to the show, shush cat, <laughs> Vivian's <laughs> entry to the show was him just smashing through the wall. Yeah, under the kitchen it was table. Sheer <laughs> chaos, and I mean, I don't think the show would have been anywhere near having the same effect if Vivian was not that ultimate little ball of chaos. But I oh, think yeah. him and Rick were on par with each other this time. There wasn't no one st- like struggling. I really felt their oh, energy yeah. was exactly the same. Like they were where... trying to compete with each other. And making yeah, it, it wasn't crazier. like bottom. <laughs> it wasn't like bottom where you, you had, yeah, you, you could tell the difference in dynamic and character. Yeah. But with these two in Young Ones, I really think they were like kind of fighting each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they kind of flit as well, because in between the young ones and bottom, you've got a much a, cu- a couple of much lesser known seasons. Um, the Dangerous Brothers, yeah. uh, which yeah. they did as a sketch show, and Filthy Rich and Cat Flap. Filthy Rich and Cat Obviously, you've got Rich playing that far more kind of straight-laced, stiff character and Adrian Edmondson mm-hmm. running around him. I think it kind of goes back to that chemistry. It, it, it's uh, kind of like this with the two of them, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, who's going to be the fucking lunatic this time? <laughs> like, you know, one, yeah. two, three. Oh, oh it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe that if you said that's how they picked <laughs> the characters. <laughs> Little bit of Rick Mail trivia. He's an American werewolf in London. Yes, he is. He's in the bar. <laughs> yeah. I know this because I watched it this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's sitting in the bar. He is he's... playing chess. 
Yes, he is. And he looks so young. <laughs> he looks like a baby. <laughs> I always liked how he had a Blue Peter badge in this. That made me want one more than <laughs> the real Blue Peter <laughs> reason you get one. <laughs> but I yeah, really like... need to sit and watch these. Like, I don't think I'm... Have you managed to spot the flash frames? Yeah, like all the weird subliminal yeah. flash frames that used to come up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm guessing there wasn't really any link Dan's for those. I'm confused though. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit because I feel like I've In... seen this quite a lot, but I feel like yeah. it's been a long time. Oh, you know, some of them are harder to spot than others. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in some of the episodes, there's kind of like a split second flash of a totally random thing. Like, um, there's a skier in one. There's like a rug floating yeah, in like, the corridor. There's like another. a dove on one of them, isn't there? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, um, also there's a joke that. I don't know if anyone apart from people around our age would get where in one of the episodes it just starts flashing messages on the screen being like put on your 3D glasses now yeah. and then it's like oh, the ca- yeah. then it's like the yeah. came free in this this week's episode of Radio Times like you cheap ass type of thing yeah. <laughs> and then like and then it goes like maybe five more minutes and you forget about it and then a monster comes out like yeah. like in between the scene and then, like, and Neil's like, that was amazing. <laughs> this class is it's just like, I, I don't know how they thought of that stuff. They were absolutely messing with the audience as much as they were probably all messing with each other behind the oh, scenes yeah. and things. I wonder how much shout of it out was... Cliff Richard thought. He's one of the last people I'd expect to get involved with something like this, but yeah. actually releasing a single with them. Yeah, and recording oh, a little video with them in the studio. As well. <laughs> yeah, um, I wonder how much of it was, how much was improv and how much was script with think... these, because I don't know how oh, you can, con- I don't know how you can contain yeah. that level of chaos. I because like, there's not just two of them; there's four of them. <laughs> I feel from my own experience, we did like units and devising and improv and things. So, they, what they probably had was they had like they knew how they were beginning the scene. They mm. probably knew how they were going to end it. Anything in between is fair game. Yeah, so <laughs> like they and probably not, and... they probably had like the bridge in between of like they kind of knew the points, like the plot, the the bare bone plot points, and then yeah. they would just like go in between and. But also, the ending usually involved destroying the set, so you'd have yeah. to be like really, you'd have to be really <laughs> yeah. on point that you were <laughs> that you did it right. I see a little time. bit on the uh, university challenge episode where he sticks his head out the window of the train. And... <laughs> <laughs> We all wondered what would happen. <laughs> in, relation, in relation to that chaotic writing, I think it's important to acknowledge somebody that's probably gone under the radar through all of this and he's been in on writing and production and all mm. of that kind of stuff throughout a lot of this. And that's yeah. Ben Elton. Yeah, yeah. Ben Elton. Yeah, ben Elton has <laughs> consistently been at the forefront of British comedy for as, yeah. as long as I can remember. He's always got Absolutely. a toe into because they all came out of stuff like not the nine o'clock news and the secret mm-hmm. fall and that kind of thing all of them were so tightly knit that they were forever we said before about like guest spots and everything but they didn't just act for each other they wrote for each other they directed yeah. for each other they produced yeah. for each other and because they were constantly and without any irony sticking the fingers in each other's pies <laughs> you, you got the chaos involved of Rick randomly turning up on set one day and going, you know what you should do for this episode, mate? And I'm going, yeah. that's a fucking good idea. <laughs> <laughs> he just he, he picked the right, he, didn't he just pick like the right people to work together? 
Like it's yeah. like he, he knew something we fucking didn't. Like uh, he's such a brilliant writer, and we ne- and when we come down to talking about these things, I'm so glad you mentioned him because I feel like he could have gone the whole episode being completely not spoken about. Yet, yeah, the reason you've got these shows is because of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. But like, yeah. it's I do like that <laughs> this does feel like a group effort to make the young ones work because <laughs> yeah. it, it, at so many moments it feels like it could literally the set just fall apart it looks yeah. it looks like it's held together with like gaffer tape and, <laughs> and blue probably, tape probably and was. Tape and... Probably was. <laughs> but yeah obviously obviously like the you get all the physical comedy but you also get some really like sharp writing and like really like quick yeah. quick fire like quips and everything i mean we haven't talked about mike but he's kind of more like a, a character you don't appreciate until you're a bit older yeah, I totally get that sentiment. I yeah, very much get it's got that. layers. Yeah, I love the fact does. that we get the impression that Mike is like so successful with the ladies, but then you've yeah. got that scene of him in bed with a bloke doll. Yeah, <laughs> he's that. He's the classic. Like everything about him is fake. To yeah. be honest, you know, you were saying like the there's like the parrot sketch and the four candles they kind of do that with mike and his fish when they're all sick when he's mm-hmm. like what's this fish doing in my bed and he's like yeah it's not it's not in your bed and then in your bed mike and then he comes back without it and they're like what fish, what fish? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a random way he just keeps popping into the scene for no reason but mm-hmm. yeah i love it they weren't afraid to just put non sequiturs in <laughs> whenever they yeah. felt like it <laughs> but so yeah was that that's... your last choice jake no, it's Peaches, but mine as well, yeah. It's not my last one. Oh. oh so my, I'm, all, I'm all gone. I'm absolved. Of all You're sins. all out. <laughs> well, depending on Lauren's next choice, we'll see if I am. <laughs> oh, and me. Do you, want me to, uh, do you want me to go next? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> see, I'm really tired for my last one. So I'm like, really tired. No, <laughs> I am tired for this. I've... I've got one, I've got one left, but then I've got a bunch of honorary mentions left as well. No, oh, I think you gotta oh, do it. You gotta decide five, now. Lauren. Yeah. Lauren's choice. Five. I know, okay. <laughs> That's the reason of top five. Black books. Oh, I have it on good authority. Good that choice. was on Paul's list. <laughs> that, was one, that was one of my ins and outs. Again, yeah. it links back to spaced at the beginning where me and my friend, it was very kind of pertinent to our like, kind of like mid-teens and watching that. And there used to be a shop in Birmingham that is <laughs> just like Black Books. Wow. Just like Black, Black Books. It's a little secondhand book and comic book shop down in Digworth. And it was, <laughs> it was just like the stacks and stacks dangerously so of like books and a very grumpy grumpy sales assistant me and my friend would go and like ratchet through so they sold back issues really really cheap and they would but yeah he, he would just like be there like bernard just like the, the fuck are you doing in our shop just like get out <laughs> they would like break with greg's let's just stay there but no i love it because obviously you've got the contrast between like Dylan Moran's character and Bill Bailey's character and them trying to coexist in this wonderful little bubble, which yeah. like also kind of like a bit horrendous. He's like obviously like, Bill Bailey's character is like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. But like the the there is growth there and he mm-hmm. sort of he gets corrupted a little bit like, as the series goes along. <laughs> then he bounces he back. But yeah, it's it's a very like good dynamic. Of God. <laughs> and another show I have never seen an episode of 
but it oh, is one yeah. of my husband's favorites. I think would enjoy it. I think I, would enjoy it. I came to uh, it quite late. Why are you I'm... shocked? <laughs> Have you not watched this enough? <laughs> I'm, I'm used to it now but um i think like Something i think you could <laughs> you could come to it now i think because i i i hadn't watched all of it until very recently like on netflix maybe like during the pandemic it still holds up and yeah. probably even more so the older you get yeah. and the, the more it's, people like that you know <laughs> it hasn't aged badly i don't think no i don't I think it's so. apart it, from it's, it's very like 90s and you know like yeah it's nineties, oh, early two thousands. Yeah, it's in the things that they're that talking vibe. about. <laughs> when when, it's when not times like... were good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not horrendously questionable though. It's like No. That Yeah. Sorry, I'm not completely. I think I think like Paul must you went really um, deep. <laughs> I'm just I'm just digging into Paul's picks here and I think he must um like base his life on, on the black books. Like, that's how he runs the podcast. I, he hits I us all. Totally get that vibe. Yeah. If no, he smoked, he would be chaining. And if he drank, he'd be on the wine constantly. So I was watching a couple of episodes before we did this, and it just, yeah, it just took me back to that like kind of happy point in my youth where it's just yeah. like, but Bono's just got such a bleak outlook. He hates the customers. He hates his job he just hates everything but he's just well, still there that just sounds that sounds very much like yeah <laughs> but like, it's, just, like actually, that just sounds like someone who's worked in customer service a lot yeah, yeah. no it's very like he worked in customer service it's yeah pretty shit yeah but you've hit the nail on the head there lauren like it, it it was very it could be accurate to hang around in a little independent shop because I used to Absolutely. hang around in Hot Rats Records all the time. Hot Me Rats too. Center. So very very Durham similar vibe um, of like hanging about and seeing weirdos come and go and getting annoyed at the, the yeah. regulars. It's, it's kind of funny because it's kind of real. Yeah. And yeah. like in the sense that situational comedy and like setting in certain locations, it's always going to speak to the people whose location it's set in yeah and it doesn't go quite as far into like nerd territory as spaced does but it's yeah. like a bit of a book nerd i still get it i still get that whole it's um and it's very it's like a very set wise <clears throat> it's very small there's like two rooms basically yeah. that they use and a couple and, of different shots of yeah. the big room there's like <laughs> there's, there's like and like front shop next door as well it's yeah all like in contrast yeah. it's all pretty and nice and i kind of i kind of like Fran, because obviously she's like, Fran. <laughs> but she's not like she. She's more than just like, you know, the the boobs and legs kind of. Yeah, role. the the yeah. player offers like at times like the like the bimbo character, but at the same time she's got her life way more together than yeah, any of the so called smart characters. It's like, um, <laughs> like I love the IT crowd, but yeah. Jen at times is just like just a dumb bimbo kind of thing yeah without and, without the payoff sort of thing yeah and this is like i don't know i just find kind of by contrast fran just seems like a more layered level character and i think that's yeah. how black books wins over my list is because she's yeah it's just a more random char and it's like it is mostly the three of them like these people who kind of come in and everything <laughs> and as far as i'm aware it's another one that doesn't really go anywhere by the end no, you just they just exist like that's which is that's life that's kind yeah. of like, <laughs> like and again i'd like 
they will never make any more. Like, no. I think Dylan Moran has, you know, quite heavily said never, never again. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing them. Like <laughs> everyone's like, got that one series. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind like a little special of like him still in the bookshop yelling at, you know, Zoomers. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure he'd hate Zoomers for like taping everything on their phones. <laughs> Taping everything on the phone. Wow, I'm old. Yeah, with the TikToks and the yeah. the, the YouTubes <laughs> and the tweets. <laughs> okay, Peach, let's let's go see what what one of your last ones is. Has <laughs> everybody else finished theirs? No, no, I've still got one there. No, we're coming back. We're coming back. We're, we're circling. Back. I'm gonna have a circle okay. round. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, right. The last one is probably the one that caused me the most kind of trouble deciding on because there was a, a couple I mean I'd considered black books and IT crowd as well um but I'd also considered coupling and the high life oh yeah um yeah. are you yeah. are you recalling the high life there Grant I am indeed it was one that popped into my head a little bit but I couldn't not one that I would have picked but one that kept triggering memories yeah. of certain little skits and what have you it was about <laughs> the uh the air stewards Yes, the air stewards and the the, yes. the theme song and that. But anyway, that wasn't my pick. It was a one that was very close to being on the list, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the next pick I've got is like a show within a show within a show. Um, y- if you know it, you'll get it from what I say next. Um, author, dreamweaver, visionary, plus actor. You're about to enter the world of my imagination. Tonight, oh, Pilgrim, gosh. you are entering my dark place. Oh, God, yeah, <laughs> Darth Morangi. Darth Morangi. So I was determined from the very start that I had to have something on this list with Richard Ayoade and Matt Berry in it. Yeah. <laughs> because they are And this is the of... one you went with? <laughs> I'm only joking. I watched it last year. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I, I like this one for different reasons to the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um it's got a it's got a taste. It's got like a you've got you've got a certain level of taste when it comes to this yes. one. I think you've yes, got to it, know it's... a bit of your TV history as well. Oh in, yeah. In a little uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not it's not one for everybody. I, I understand yeah. that. And it's um it's a one that one of my friends actually introduced me to. Um I, I didn't see it when it first came came out. Um, but yeah, parody mm. series based heavily on the eighties horror drama. Um, sci-fi, production so values. heavily sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi <laughs> as well. Um, poor production values, awful dialogue, hilarious <laughs> violence. Um, yeah. it's, set in, it's set in a hospital that happens to be <laughs> over the gates of hell. Um, <laughs> it's very like it's, it's very like Twin Peaks, but if someone was yeah. like. Was trying to make the most ridiculous version of Twin Peaks possible. <laughs> I won't lie, I haven't seen it. It's one of those that's like continually on my list. To yeah, like watch. I but watched I, it last year, I and we still got away like with it. Brave about it, so yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like it's like you said, it's like it's got its layers within layers. It's like yeah, you see some, you're kind of watching it as a documentary about the show. But then you also see some scenes of the show at the same time. It's it's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. It's 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 from um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard, to, hard like, to get explain. yourself in there really, isn't it? <laughs> Into no, the I dark get what place. you mean. I get what you mean by it, because you need to 
you've got to experience it in order to mm-hmm. be like yeah. to mm-hmm. discuss it with someone else who can then get what you mean you can just say certain things of it and you're pissing your pants laughing over it yeah, yeah. i so only watched you... it um last year we and Anne decided to watch it because it, it's something my sister bangs on about mm. all the time yeah to anyone who has seen it they rarely stop going on about it <laughs> yeah it's true it's really true it's we sickness. love him we love him because he's in the office in the english office and he yeah uh, he does the scene with gareth where he's um he's one of these billy bullshitters who who you know if he's if you've done something he's done it 10 times better yeah and he's talking about the racing track and he's like and i go around the racing track and i'm about to hit this ramp and they go oh my god if he hits that ramp he's gonna die and oh what happened i hit the ramp did a flip <laughs> car fell straight to the straight under its tires and they're like oh my god he is most certainly dead he has to be dead by that by that move <laughs> what i do get out the car walked away what were they worried about? He does one of the it's one of the best scenes in the office, and me and Anne absolutely love it. He's only in it for two minutes. Yeah. But on the back of that two-minute scene was enough for us to go, I'm gonna give this guy a chance with his show. Yeah, and that's that's very much like the character like in the dark place where he thinks he's written this like like amazing thing, but like yeah. you know from watching it that it's not. <laughs> Sorry, this was just finished Blood. it off for us. No professionals Blood. made. I'm not a professional. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> he just finished um... the joke off. <laughs> but um, he's actually still touring. I think he's, they're trying yeah. to do like a live show. I think they are going to be at the Comic Con that I'm going to be at. So I might see Which if I can in... try. He is, um, yeah, yeah. He, he is touring as Garth Marenghi at the minute, doing yeah. readings from his most recent book. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know some people have been to like the tour and met him. They enjoyed mm. it. Does he stay in character? <laughs> Apparently so. Apparently yeah, so. I would hope like... so. <laughs> <laughs> More people should do that. Not no, yeah, no, no one has the commitment. My anymore. friends were like posting, like they, they got photos taken with him, like at the signing, yeah. and obviously I don't know the shows, but he was just like there, and what I see was his character, and they were like similarly doing like a really kind of serious poses yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just like standing around him and everything so <laughs> it looks like it's a whole piece of art in itself which is fun mm. yeah adds to the, to the experience it definitely when i'm watching it it feels like one person's like mad idea that all the friends have just gone yeah we'll help you with that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean for those who haven't seen it it's it's uh as i was saying a a, a show within a show within a show you've got for example you've got Richard Ayoade who plays um who who plays Dean Lerner who played Thornton Reed in this other show so he's he's like playing three characters um straight away and they're all doing that as well yeah but they've even got it where the 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 female doctor her character the actor of her actually disappeared so she doesn't appear in any of the talking heads as well um it's got like secret law like in places oh, where you you think it doesn't need it <laughs> but yeah mm-hmm. i mean um even in the opening scene when dr liz is walking into the <laughs> into the hospital uh, the re- <laughs> Excuse me, cat. Um, <laughs> there was a scene that required a cat to greet her and then walk across the corridor. Um, and you can see the hands of the person at the side of the stage <laughs> plonking the cat in, in front of her. Yeah. Um, but that was the whole point of it. It was like all of... 
Oh, it's God. like it's it's almost as if like it it is the joke but also uh-huh. it is telling the joke but at the same yes. time you're not sure like if it's all intentional but mm-hmm. it ha- it has to be but yeah it, it it runs that fine line like really really well oh <laughs> uh, and, and so, some of the jokes are kind of like so bad and stuff like like the one with scotch mist um yeah where the hospital has a lot of mist appear outside one day and it's haunted by Scotsman. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, Christopher in the chat gets it so right. It's like a fever dream mixed with GCSE yes. drama. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is such a brilliant way to fucking describe it. So yeah, Lauren, you're going to love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and again, it, it links back to um, the Mighty Boosh as well because they were in it as well, of course. Oh, and, they're all, um, they all work together. They're all... Oh yeah, and you've got Steve Lynch yeah. as well. Yeah, he, he oh, the merch. Well. The merch <laughs> is in it. Yeah, a bit of um, the merch. That might be. Yeah, there's a lot of like <laughs> shared actors, which is fun because that's like they're like the next generation, aren't they? We had like the Rick yeah. Neil that we all grew up yeah. with, and then they're like the next crop that kind of seemed to to come out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. They're diving awesome. right out as well. Um, Noel Fielding at the moment is doing some of the voices for Disenchantment. The Mark yeah, Rowan. I heard that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and so is Matt Berry. At, at least oh, I yeah. think he is. I think he, 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 he certainly was in it. I don't know if he still is. Um, because yeah. of yeah, because of like what we do in the shadows, everyone in America, rightly so, loves is. Matt Berry. <laughs> yeah, so they should, because yeah. that man deserves the world. He's actually he... really good live as well. I've seen him sing with his band. Wow, oh, I just love him. Incredible. They are so good live. That's so cool. Um, I just absolutely love him. That voice. Yeah. <gasps> God. Yeah. Sammy, I think that means rough to you for the final. Well, that actually leads lovely into my next one because my next one does yeah. have Matt Berry in it. And oh. I um my last one, I should say, not my next one, my last <laughs> one. I love this program so much. I will defend the lead female in it because she ain't no bimbo is our gen it's the it crowd oh um, i did see you laughing when when it yeah. crowd got mentioned <laughs> i kind of like kind of i get it i beg your pardon um, <laughs> not yet <laughs> not our gen no i don't hate i it's you just never says, said uh, the word hate you yeah. never said the word hate. No, you it's just, just says, said it's it, not like jen yeah it's just those uh, especially those early episodes it just yeah, oh, they're very, so funny. <laughs> very shoving down throat of how girly she is and heat well, magazine and oh, it's very yeah. of its time. But <laughs> yeah, that but wasn't she, how she... I vibed as a younger person. <laughs> I wasn't, but to be fair, I really wasn't paying much attention to Jen because all my <laughs> attention is on Moss and Moss alone because he has some of the best yeah. episodes in there. <laughs> um, the 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 cannibal one. Oh, God. I was, yeah. absolutely yeah. genius oh, but, the, but the creme de la creme and this is the reason why this is my last and final pick is this one episode and it's the musical episode the musical being called gay the main song being <laughs> willies it is some of the best it's i love ones. willies <laughs> i love willies i'm sorry sir would you get up mine leaving outside <laughs> um that song it's the me and Ant sing it all the time it's so funny but that whole episode is hilarious it's, it's where, definitely a high point like yeah it's mm. where you've got him where he goes to the, he, 
Moss won't go to the disabled toilet. It won't go. They won't actually yeah. go to the gentleman's toilet because there's a guy there watching them. Yeah. So they don't go at all. And then he ends up in the disabled toilet, getting locked in, pulling the cord. Yeah. And then just having to shout, "I'm disabled." Yeah. And, and... How are you disabled? I'm disabled. <laughs> he just goes, "My legs." Yeah, like the the whole thing where he has to come up with a story about where his wheelchair's gone <laughs> in the middle. He just the tears. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's not very PC, but yeah, you can't deny that we all laughed at You can't deny that we, that we episode isn't. I think it's though, it was saying... And when, and when his friend comes up to him afterwards thinking he's telling a joke in the wheelchair... <laughs> Oh, it's classic. It's just that that episode, that episode there is the reason why I picked yeah. this one. That and Matt Berry's entrance will always be my favorite <laughs> of entrances of entrances goes, where he bursts <laughs> through the door and just goes, "Father, uh, <laughs> speak, priest." I'm not a priest. I'm a figure. And, and no building, no building was in it. Um, yeah, yeah, of course, he's yeah. a resident goth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just love the explanation of how he went from being this like high top career guy to being like he, he got a CD of Cradle of Filth and it just changed his life. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to give it to Denim's um grieving <laughs> Yeah, he's grieving That's mother. mother. <laughs> That's a very of its time band reference as well. I feel oh, like. I <laughs> I, I'm still living my 15 year old life listening to Cradle sometimes. Oh, <laughs> old Danny. Um, <laughs> the other episode that kind of ma- makes it one of my tops is the countdown episode. The oh. countdown episode <laughs> yeah. is so funny. It has um, oh, the guy in from Doctor Strange, he's in it. Um, I think he plays negative one. Um, yeah. Perhaps quiz show episodes are the best. <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. Um, he says, I come here to kick some ass and drink some milk. And I'm all out of milk. <laughs> <laughs> just love Mark so much. He is probably the funniest. Jen's had some really strong episodes, especially um, where she goes out on a date with someone who then pretends that they've slept with each other, but then actually she's the fake that dead. <laughs> and then she's and, and she just keeps coming back to haunt him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And there's oh, the there's the pedophile man, one as well. Oh my god. <laughs> pedophile. The emergency number. <laughs> pedophile. Um, the, the dinner party one, that's the pedophile yep. one. Um, the Jen with the internet, where they give her the black yes. box. This is the internet <laughs> and she makes it she goes through an act because they're sick of her taking credit for all of yeah. their like kind of research work, like anything that they give her she's taking credit for it and they kind of give her a black box with a red flashy light on and says yep. this is the internet and she goes into a whole boardroom meeting and all these people believe that that is the internet and she drops it on the floor <laughs> <laughs> and just chaos erupts um, I did love I did love denim um, but I thoroughly loved it when Matt Berry um took over from that in that role. He was he was so um, funny. It, you can't these think electric these... sex pants. <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> it's the one where he goes on the date with the um the transgendered woman and he says he's she's like trying to explain that she used to be a man and he's like, well, I don't care. Okay, and then later on, he was like, "I thought you said you were from Iran." <laughs> <laughs> and they have a huge, massive fight again. 
probably couldn't get away with it right now. I couldn't get away with it now, but I well, I think you it. could as long as you play it equally. <laughs> yeah, and I think I feel like it did, but the um, either Peter file one. That's so funny. <laughs> it's it's odd, isn't it? Because like it's one of those shows where I think like when I first think about it, um, like I think like oh yeah yeah you know they're all in the office together, but then like it's also got those like really silly like lines and like really like it. I think in my mind it's like more serious than it is, and then I'm like yeah. oh no, it was just like an endless sort of supply of silly lines that people <laughs> shout at. And like even even like the whole like parody when the they go to the carnival's house, which is also a parody of <laughs> real life story. And then within that they do the whole like you wouldn't steal a car like um like DVD advert like parody. You wouldn't you wouldn't steal a policeman's hat. Yeah. And then shit in that hat. And then hand that hat to the policeman's widow. Yeah. <laughs> With the that, emergency like... telephone number. Yeah. Oh wait, one one eight one one. <laughs> So it's one of those that's an equal part silly but also well written and I think they, they nailed it. <laughs> it's a most can remember it. Nine. Like when his fire extinguisher is on fire. That's a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's just nice a classic comedy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, and also, really I want to, I want to pick. I want, I've got a bone to pick with people who who make fun of people for saying no, I turn it off and on again. That works a lot of the time. I'm telling yes. you all right now. It does. <laughs> I in my job, if you know what I do, I'm not going to tell you. But if you did, <clears throat> you would understand. I say this every single day. Well, honestly, computers get confused just like we do, and sometimes yeah. they just need to take a little moment <laughs> and start the processes again. I just I love it where he's like where she's trying to turn it on and he's like, Are you from Mars? <laughs> <laughs> what makes me want to watch the IT crowd? See, this is this, this episode is has happens. made me want to watch a lot of things. <laughs> it really, it really has. Like, I want to watch Black Books, I want to watch Peep Show, I want to go back and watch IT Crowd. But yeah. I know what'll happen. The only I'll only end up putting that episode on just to yeah. watch. <laughs> I'll only watch the thing you've seen. 20 a times million before. times before. <laughs> um, that can is can I have a list of people that Peach wants to go for coffee with? Excuse me? Because we, we've already got Danny Trejo on there from, from the last time. I want oh, to add okay. Richard Ayuade to Oh, right. oh okay. Yeah, yeah, you can you can have your you list. Can, you, can, you, can you can have the Peach's coffee date list. Peach's coffee date. I'll give like a quick rundown of Paul's list then because uh, our yeah. dearly departed... Is Still Grant here. One more. Are you done? Are we done? Have you got one, Grant? <gasps> a secret pick. Sorry, Grant. Go for it. Yeah, all right, mate. I'm used to being laughed at the end. Oh, behave. <laughs> no one wants to follow you. <laughs> that's why. No drama. So, <laughs> I, I thought Lauren had one more as well. Um, no, no, no. My last otherwise, I maybe out. wouldn't have saved this pick because <laughs> I've been fucking preachy throughout. <laughs> and I'm going to put two statements together that most people would never, ever think of putting together in relation to this, which is intelligent comedy and the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. You He's going, it's going to take us back to the past. I am. What the fuck I is he going to say if this guy turns around and says, love thy neighbour, we're turning it Oh, my on. God. <laughs> Honestly, I've been waiting for the love thy neighbour joke all night. <laughs> He's absolutely not, but in a bizarre similarity, what the only thing that has not really aged well with this comedy series is 
the positioning of the laugh tracks. And I know that they did position the laugh tracks in it in a somewhat more sporadic fashion than they should have because of how dark the three books that this comedy series is based on. Um, 1976 to 1979, and the author was literally writing the books in order for them to be adapted by the BBC face and starring one of British comedy's absolute legendary heavyweights, Leonard Rossiter. Now, every a few confused faces there. Anybody <laughs> ever heard of Rising Damp? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Leonard no. Rossiter is the lead in Rising Damp, um, which is what he was more famous for. But this one holds a very, very spe special place in my heart. It's called The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin. I know this. Yeah, yeah everybody, the... everybody remembers two bits. They remember the opening sequence of a man frantically stripping off his clothes and running into the sea. <laughs> and the other scene that everybody remembers is the little bit whenever his mother-in-law is mentioned and it cuts to a hippopotamus running gently across the plain. Basically what the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin represents is a man on the edge. It's complete breakdown. I would put a lot of similarities to uh, The Network, a very, very yeah. famous movie where he breaks down live on uh, TV. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And yeah. it centers around Reggie Perrin. Um, American viewers and more modern viewers might be familiar with this because it got an American remake and it's had a UK remake in recent years starring Martin Clunes. Um, and it is basically Reggie on the edge middle-class life, absolute monotony. Get up, go to work, come home, same routine, day after day after day, and he starts to crack. And over the course of the first season, it starts in tiny little floor lines. He's he's lost control of his inner monologue and this kind of thing. So the, the mother-in-law is a prime example. He's sitting there with his wife, and he starts referring to his mother-in-law as the hippopotamus. And... Mm. He starts all of the pressures of life. He hasn't had a holiday. His wife is his marriage is mundane, and so is his life, and all that kind of stuff. To the point where we're halfway through the season, he fakes his own death, which is a very, very morbid thing to deal with in the nineteen seventies. Yeah. And I say the laugh track's not very well put together because the understanding now that we have fifty years on regarding mental health would mean that a lot of these things weren't laughable um yeah but mm -hmm. to to watch it through and absorb the laugh track as a i'm laughing with him as opposed to i'm laughing at him can kind of make it more bearable because it doesn't have those awful things that british 70 well okay there are some you know what i mean there are certain elements and certain terminology that have not aged well with the times yeah but once again these are words and phrases and mannerisms that weren't perhaps made so maliciously like um there's an instance where he uses the r word in relation to somebody being silly but uh somebody being stupid but in 1976 yeah. that was very very much a technical term yeah. and not the slur that it evolved into and these yeah. kind of things there's difficult stuff to hear but the reason i say that it's intelligent is because it brings forth a lot of elements that we've seen discussed in some of the more modern comedies We've got internal monologue happening throughout with Reggie Perrin, which is obviously one of the staple parts that we see in Peep Show. Um, yeah. The constant internal monologue going with them. And the other thing that we have with it that made it differ so much because it's based on books is there is chronology. 
in this. Nearly everything that we have brought up so far, you can dip into an episode and immediately work out what the characters are doing and who they are and what their association is and pick that up in some degree. With Reggie Perrin, you can't do that because it tells the story of this man's breakdown from the start that not necessarily the end. It starts with quite a self-fulfilling prophecy in that this man will never, ever be happy. And yeah. he goes through all sorts of shit. He fakes his death. He comes back in weird fucking archetypal, stereotypical disguises to try and reinfiltrate his own life. He then realizes he still loves his own family. So he reveals his identity as if they weren't already blissfully, definitely fucking aware of the fact that it is <laughs> yeah. the husband and the dad. <laughs> He then tries to self-destruct by starting a business that he knows he's going to fail, but the business takes off unexpectedly. So he tries to sabotage it. And when he can't sabotage it, it leaves it on a cliffhanger at the end of him staring out to sea the same way that he is in the opening credits and the same way in which he fakes his own death in the first season, basically hinting that he's going to do it all over again. Um, yeah. And be the books are darker. Um, the a lot of what they do in relation to his character is somewhat comical. Um, he has an affair with his secretary, and in the build-up to him having an affair with his secretary, every time he looks at his secretary, there's a and it cuts to them on a desk frolicking, and it comes out, and it's a medal <laughs> full of flowers, and it's just like the the most perfect office romance ever. Yeah, He's doing mm -hmm. it in a field of hay and frolicking, <laughs> and all the rest of it. Um. And those bits in the books were supposed to be a little bit more darker perceived because he's dealing with his own guilt and dealing with his own issues. And I'm talking far too much about this, but nobody else has seen it. So I'm going to convince you to watch it. It's all on fucking YouTube as well. Oh, um, the the grand classic, the YouTube series. <laughs> um, what, so, the so, like, would you, for like people who haven't, like, would you recommend any of the remakes or is this a very much like the hit it out of the park early? And like, this is the one you should watch. I've not watched any of the remakes. I actually wasn't aware of the remakes until yeah. I started trying to watch through the last season of it again recently. Because I remember oh, right. the first two seasons very, very vividly from my childhood. And I've watched them in bits and bobs since when it's popped up in, you know, random reruns and what have you over the years. Much the yeah. same way that... Um, Only Fools and Horses and a lot of your other classic BBC mm -hmm. British comedy will get churn back out you know porridge will always get a run somewhere only yeah. fools and horses will Gold. always get a run somewhere you know, it's on amazon prime too apparently oh. Oh. wonderful there but, you go yeah like so, it, it, so it, it, where does the comedy come in <laughs> yeah it sounds bleak as well <laughs> It is very, very bleak, and a lot of the time they are both making light of the fact that he's breaking down a little bit, and there is a little bit of, like I say, the laugh track isn't yeah. maybe quite rightly placed, because in the instances where Reggie is breaking down, and like, and Rossiter actually does a good job of it, he's very animated as an yeah. actor, there's a lot of this <laughs> going on with Leonard Rossiter whenever he plays anybody, he's very facial um, but in the element, there's a, a very very famous scene just before he fakes his own death where he's got to do a, a presentation for people and he goes to his doctor to try and get something to calm his nerves because 
weirdly enough, everything that he's describing is a, a symptom of massive social anxiety for the time. Yeah. And he gets given tranquilizers because it's the fucking 1970s. Um, <laughs> and then he takes a drink on top of them and he gets up and does this presentation and it's inaudible garbage where he's just randomly chucked, like going back to the point and then going off on one, almost like the guy out of the fast show. You know, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so like I said, but it also comes from his reactions to the monotony, and yeah, every single day he's 11 minutes late to work, he's 11 minutes late back from work with ever escalating, um, excuses and ever escalating distaste for what's going on in his life, these horrible things that he can't control that means that he's not doing what he's supposed to um his boss in it is very much that autocratic nightmare of a 70s boss you the, the tagline is i didn't get where i am now by and every single time he's berating down his employee and and just gradually wearing away at the man's sanity but there's that ultimate like i say that underlying issue of the fact that the man will never ever be happy regardless of how happy he is or how sad he is that's where the comedy comes in it's like the the cynicism of the life yeah. that he has around him and never being truly happy with what he has much the same way that um sorry i'm going right off on one here but another <laughs> exactly. one that hasn't been mentioned is um citizen smith yeah um and some mothers do have them as yeah. well, yes. both from it's a very, so... very similar generation where yeah. there was yeah. a a massive amount of sympathy and a massive amount of kind of relatability within the characters and some of the things that they go through mm -hmm. yeah. without necessarily tearing away from the comedy. More yeah. like a like a long burn on the bits that Sammy was talking about earlier in relation to Only Fools and Horses, where mm. it'll randomly hit you with a right hook. Yeah of emotion mm -hmm. reggie perrin took melancholy comedy when there was no melancholy comedy yeah it took dark humor when there was no real dark humor and put it front and center on the bbc for people to laugh at but for maybe certain people to look at and go maybe i need a holiday yeah, the entire first yeah. season hinges around the fact that he doesn't have the courage to ask his boss for a holiday, and there's yeah. a lot of the floundering. Oh, oh, CJ, I'd like um, I like four, uh, maybe three, and he's been told to ask for a month off, and yeah. it's a good ten minute scene of him sitting there in his boss's office talking himself down from four weeks to an afternoon off. Yeah, and <laughs> that that's relatable humor. For us as well, because mm -hmm. I think yeah, a lot of us it's still, overworked in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, not so much now, but maybe still as much now. In the seventies, people were slaves to their jobs. It's probably how we feel a little bit now with absolutely the way that the yeah. climate is and all of that kind of stuff. And seeing somebody go to work on the edge every single day is probably relatable and it's relatable to the point where we would probably look at it and go <laughs> yeah. the same way that yes. we all look at Michael Douglas and fallen down these days and now we're a little bit older and go <laughs> oh I get that yeah, I see his point good luck <laughs> you know, Mr Douglas Reggie, <laughs> Reggie Perrin gives a lot of that to people and I would would urge anybody to watch it I would urge anybody that likes a bit of classic British comedy to watch it 
anybody mm. that wants their emotional bone tickling a little bit without realizing that they've done it. Um, my only word of warning would be if you do have a certain sensibility to use of language and portrayals and that kind of stuff, oh. sit back and bear in mind that this is not the worst thing that we put forward in relation to this. And it's probably a very, very respectful way of putting across a lot of elements of society and things that were people people were feeling and thinking and saying at a time when most of us weren't that respectful mm-hmm. of yeah. the people, the, the vulnerable people and the people that needed a bit of care around us. Well, the VHS cover I'm looking at here does say it's P, rated PG, so how bad could it be, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the scene that I mentioned, that R word, he goes, no, 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 I can't say that. Call them Belgian instead. And I was like, yeah. mm, that they, just, they, they made it much worse. <laughs> what yeah. they thought was walking yeah. back. Exactly. <laughs> but like I say, you know. It's, it's an, it can be as an interesting study. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I know that that does sound like super interesting. I wasn't really aware people were doing like, kind of like parody riff from the headline stuff about like, you know that's what the real working world is like like uh for some reason my idea of 70s comedy is always very much like um like a grandiose version of a a real situation (laughs) well that's kind of where it got a lot of its credit and a lot of its groundbreaking from is that in the mid to late 70s the the monotony and boredom of the middle class and a lot of comedy was seen to be aspired to you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Bulls and horses wanted to get themselves out of being working class into middle class. And you had yeah. stuff like the good life and all of this kind of thing. Not the bloody Isn't good life. wonderful <laughs> that we've got 2.4 children and a very little garden at the front and a little a bit bigger garden at the back. The, the concept of the middle class was that you were supposed to be happy in the middle class in the 70s. Yeah. And Reggie Perrin spins that on its head. It's somebody, it's a man that detests the monotony yeah. of the middle class it's the man that is searching for adventure and a word that we've used god knows how many times on this podcast already the chaos and yeah. he, he creates his own chaos to bring it to break the monotony he self-sabotages and it, like I say, he fakes his own bloody death you know <laughs> what i mean he fakes his own death after dumping lychee juice into a river to prank his boss based on a weird letter that he'd sent him that rivers of blood would flow in front of him. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> not just, uh, no, not to belittle only fools and horses at all, but it's not just hit it with the hammer and it falls down. There's yeah. a lot of narrative that goes in behind the comedy with Reggie Perrin. Um, I've heard it um, compared to Walter Mitty. Okay, yeah. And Walter Mitty is obviously, okay. you know, very much kind of regarded as that beautiful kind of soul-searching story with the daydreaming mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. There's a lot of that in Reggie Perrin. And like I say, I would urge anybody to watch it and just at that those points where there isn't the sensibilities that we have these days and the standards of how we treat each other and how we use language to each other, to just sit back and go, let's look at the bigger picture with this. It's yeah. a product of its time, but let's think about the bigger message as a whole yeah. as to what this I is think- trying to portray. I think it's very important that we don't forget that though. Yeah. Like we don't forget that times were different and where we 
were wrong in the past. Yeah. So because <laughs> if we don't keep that and see where the mistakes were, how can we prevent that from happening again? And how can we truly have equality if we just exactly. like sponge it all out? Yeah, it's comedy is like a, a comedy is like a massive moving target. Like there's like this stuff we probably found funny like three years ago that that aren't really what you would call i mean see you, people see how fast mood like uh, memes come and go yeah. and tiktok yeah. trends like something you thought was hilarious last week like this week is like what like so, that's that's old like, old news yeah. <laughs> like of course it's important to like remember like obviously like, yeah. you know like the, the things that aren't so right these days and like you know what we were saying earlier about mighty bush and league of gentlemen yeah. it's important to acknowledge that it's progression and growth important not to just get rid of it though like i think like the part i think some of the things people put up against is the actors and writers themselves seldom seem Mm -hmm. to like talk about it or i'm not saying they have to apologize but i think some fans want the want the mighty boosh guys to explain why and it's like they but they're they're, some people seem to get defensive about it and i sometimes feel like maybe they can't because of contracts or possibly like no that. i just I, like, I, I honestly like... just i personally think that they don't need they probably feel they don't need to explain their writings of something that they did many yeah. years ago mm-hmm. as long as they are not doing it now yeah they exactly. cannot go back and apologize for what they wrote then right mm-hmm. but then... sorry there it's very possible that there are like legal reasons they can't talk about it no nah. like, yeah. i just so... i just think that i just yeah. think that personally I... they would have just be like Fuck it! No, I'm apologizing yeah. for that. I'm apologizing you, for something I, I, wrote I agree. Years ago. I agree. You know what? Yeah, but... you know what comedians are like always. I, <laughs> I do just think there's possibly sometimes there's more complex reasons why you yeah. can't just like talk about any old shit on Twitter mm-hmm. and like yeah. explain every little thing because it's just not possible yeah. sometimes. I think an apology indicates ill feeling, and mm-hmm. I don't think any single one i mentioned writers ethics before and yeah there isn't a single person that can see the future and understand Mm. where the world is going and what we will find funny and what we won't find funny or what indeed any other emotion other than comedy Mm -hmm. but to acknowledge that what you had done previously is not acceptable by modern day standards is one thing but to apologize posthumously not posthumously but you know what i mean yeah uh, the culture not being the way that it is now and not being able to foresee that i find insane quite frankly it wouldn't work because like you you can't you can't write relatable comedy that is ahead of its time so like Mm -hmm. yeah like there's never going to be like a one answer that satisfies all parties i don't think but no yeah i'm i'm glad at least we can all agree that it's fine to laugh at things even if you wouldn't laugh at them so much now (laughs) exactly yeah so are you gonna read out before we wrap all this up to say nine nine because again another three hour five star runtime um okay so very so very quickly very quickly paul's list uh was black books friday night dinner which we mentioned give a shout out to dairy girls which is very good nearly got on my list nearly got like dairy girls he's got a he's got an old school pick here of one foot in the grave which again my list Victor Meldrew and Paul, you know, Eric I see Idle some related. I see it. synergies there. Yeah. I see um, it. And yeah, he had League of Gentlemen. 
as well because he does like horror so that makes sense yeah and uh, he's, i think he's mentioned it a few times on the podcast it is one of his favorites yeah. he absolutely yeah. adores it and um, well thanks guys thanks yeah. for, for joining us today. thanks for filling in jake I, like really appreciate it. it's been fun co-hosting with you tonight no problem i jumped in at the deep end with a giant <laughs> top five <laughs> we're not gonna just break it in easy jake we're going really hard with this one but no um, it's been fun it's been absolutely brilliant. So coming up every Friday, we have so we have a schedule now, by the way. Oh yeah. Every every Packed. Friday, we are we're very professional. Every Friday, we are trekking across the universe with Graham and Goodwill. Um, every Sunday is a live show. Couldn't actually tell you what next week is. Really bad at this. This is um, why we need Paul. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's on my phone. It is on my list. It is in my diary. But yeah, we are live every, on YouTube every Sunday at seven thirty, and premiering tomorrow is the first episode of Monsters Up North, and we are kicking it all off with what I'm going to say is the the best monster of all, a creature from the Black Lagoon. It's each all downhill week... from there. <laughs> <laughs> each each week it will be a new monster. Mm. We're delving into Hollywood. We're maybe even delving into real life. But every Monday, come and join the Monster Squad from yeah. Monster Monday. And I might even show up. Might be there on the next who episode. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, massive thanks to you guys, to Grant, Lauren and Peach for joining us and providing Thank amazing you. top fives that have made me want to watch and rewatch yes. a million Same things, here. which I don't have time for. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> but please, guys, um, please remember to like, share and subscribe to our YouTube please. channel. All the likes help the algorithm. So yeah. please like, please comment, please share, share with your friends, share with your family, comment. share with Come your mom. Come at us in the dads. comments. I mean, we, we normally yeah. say don't, I but sh- maybe... I should change, I should really change, I should really change the disclaimer saying... Instead of going to Facebook, come into the comments and Sam talk will to us. Fight you all in the comments. Like, like, like. <laughs> tell me why. Tell me why Jen's a girly person in yeah. IT crowd. Now we'll fight you now. But yeah, we've got um, then- we've got we've got that good brand and just search Nerdy Up North and almost any social video platform. We are playing games on Twitch, which show up on the YouTube on this very channel too. If you want to watch them later, we you don't do mind. We love you if you watch them anytime. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so that's it. That's all that we yeah. have to do is now say goodbye, Jake. Yeah. So Paul would normally say same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, mm-hmm. I say fuck capitalism, go home. That's my sign off. <laughs> <laughs> and I always say stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.